The odds that you exist are 1 in 10 to the power of 2.6 million. Be positive that you're here and don't waste your time doing what someone else expects you to do. Ladies, gentlemen and various is there upon this is Modern Escape. Hello and welcome to the Modern Escapism. My name is Oodles, your best friend. Joining me today, my best friend Stig. Hi. And my best friend Gadget. Howdy doody. And my best friend Biggie. Hi. And my best friend Candy is off this week, celebrating probably a really positive event, and I can't wait to see her soon. Really, really can't. It's our last themed month ever for Modern Escapism, and this is the last month of Modern Escapism 2.0. In this episode, we'll discuss what we've done in the week in the Nexus, then we'll talk about hype living up to the hype, which is courtesy of executive producer Angry Kurt, one of our lovely patrons. Then the patrons will enjoy our green room at the end, but before all that, it's time for the news. I can't keep this positivity up. <laughs> it's alright, you've got through the intro oodles. You're fine, you're fine You can go back to being normal now <laughs> Escort that news into us, Biggie oh. You may already know But he doesn't Because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News In the deserts Of Sudan And the gardens Of Japan from Milan to Yucatan, every woman, every man, hit me with your biggie stick. Hit me, hit me. Jetado, ecliptic. Hit me, hit me, hit me. Unbelievable. That was p- truly a positive intro to the news. Right, I'm stopping it now. I'm stopping it. <laughs> Wait for the main several. topic. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Several CD Project Red veterans have announced the formation of a new games development studio called Blank, which will focus on producing unique experiences for players. <laughs> Here we go with the names. Matthew Kanick, game director of Cyberpunk 2077 and co-game director of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, is co-founder of the new game studio alongside The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk executive producers Jedrej Mrods and Marcin Jeffimau. Nailed it. That's and it. rookies from Warsaw Essays, Mikhail, Mikhailaj Marchuka. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. I only put this in the, in, 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 in the news section just because the names. I just needed it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you had. You look forward to it all week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice to see uh, people branching off and they've got the so is uh, this a proposed c- calibre. A CD Projekt spin-off or... No, it's a new studio. Completely separate work. New so studio. they are done. CD Projekt are dying on their asses. Yeah, I'm, clearly. It, it, it doesn't inspire too much confidence when the studio itself is called blank and all they've said about their studio is they will produce unique experiences for players. It's like, all right, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are you actually doing? Like... I, I, sometimes these new studio announcement things, they're so vague. 
what's happening at CD Projekt that's making him want to leave? I mean, um, uh, what's his name? Kanek, he, he left a little while ago. Like, he's not that, re- that not recently. game studio is just going to implode on itself, isn't it? And this is going to get splinter off. I think Mirage and um, uh, Jeff and Mill, they're they're recently they're, they've recently left. So yeah, I've got a feeling we're going to get quite a few new Polish studios, which is can only be a good thing. It can, yeah, it can only be a good yeah. thing. Like CD CDPR has been monopolizing <laughs> the Eastern European talent for quite a while. <clears throat> yeah, they're probably going to go the way of um, Valve did, where they're just focusing on dirt. Publishing. Um, is it good old games? Good old games and yeah. publishing. Just doing that. I fucking knew my cat would want to go out. I knew it. I thought I'd treat you, let you come in. No. <laughs> Hang on. Be positive. This is why I never let the dogs in. That's yeah. why I don't let the cat in. Be positive. Oh, I love that cat. It's great. Fantastic cat. <laughs> Next. Uh, as previously mentioned before, Sonic the Hedgehog creator Yuji Naka was arrested in November of last year for insider trading and after pleading guilty in March he has allegedly been sentenced to prison for two and a half years. Yes! Update, though, it's been reported <laughs> that he's not officially sentenced as yet. Um, that decision that will take place in July next month. Uh, sorry, yeah, next month. Uh, it has been reported he was also fined uh, 2.5 million yen and It's about 20 pence, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. Uh, his defence is seeking to lower these numbers. I fucking love him. I absolutely <laughs> adore him. <laughs> I want to go to prison with him. It's been the fucking weirdest story. <laughs> this has happened. How can you not love him? Just he's like he's just the bad boy of Japan, and it's amazing. <laughs> and Japan doesn't know what to do with him. They don't know what to do with him. They're like, how can we cope with this guy? He's got no honour, and he's just going around being a bad boy. I love him. <laughs> he is an agent of chaos. He's like a yakuza without the big back tattoo. He's probably got one. Oh, he will do when he comes out of prison. Old Balam Underworld behind him or whatever. (laughs) I love him. I absolutely adore the man. I think he's. I want want to get him on the show from prison. I was going to say, you can have to wait a couple of years now, though. He's my hero. I want to read his book and everything. You'll need to look (laughs) after his I don't even like his games. I just like him. (laughs) Such chaos. I love it. Cool. Next. Looking forward to hearing about that. Uh, Sony has become the target of an antitrust probe by the Romanian Competition Council, which has raised concerns that the film is abusing its dominant position within the console gaming market. And this is all due to uh, they have the monopoly of the PlayStation Store, banning competition um, for distributors, for activation codes, etc. I kind of agree with this. Sony are a bit cheeky with their prices. Just Especially when everything's <laughs> heading towards digital nowadays. So a bit fucking cheeky. Yeah. Seventy quid, you can you can fuck off. <laughs> it's and I think there was somebody else. Didn't Tig post something in the Discord to do with um, signing up for a petition or yeah? There's a, there's, to do with, uh, there's a someone's what preparing like a mass lawsuit in in this country right. to sue to sue Sony for their antitrust uh, behaviours. Just like a petition, Look, like add, add your name to this lawsuit kind of thing. Hey, you, you can, you can, you can make a digital storefront like Steam. I've been doing it for fucking nearly two decades. Yeah, about that. Perfectly, perfectly. Oh no, Steam competitive is, prices. Steam is not. No, but the prices are competitive now. Oh yeah, yeah. Now, it's it's still the cheapest place to get AAA games. Oh, unless Square Enix have their way, because they're starting to put games out at like 60, 70 quid on Steam. But there'll be somewhere that you can get 
yeah. code for it. You know what I mean? It's like well, that's that's the thing. And, and, it, it it doesn't necessarily it, it matter what the storefront pricing is. It's the ability for you to have the choice to go elsewhere. So like with everything on yeah. Steam, you can go to CD keys or you can go to an EBA or whatever. Same with Microsoft, but yeah, Sony, Sony, Sony don't even let you buy um, PSN credit now on key sites. No, they don't. So it's like they are trying to wall garden it off, but like you know, like even Apple, you know even Apple aren't that bad because you can get like Apple no. Apple vouchers everywhere these days. You know, so it's just like they're taking the piss. You know, what I genuinely think it is, and people are gonna scoff at this. I think it's because like Steam's like. They know their platform. No one uses discs anymore, so there's no physical media anymore. No, and if you so if you buy a physical a, version of a PC game, it's just a box with a Steam key in it. It's just a box. That's so right, yeah. they've embraced it. And this this is going to sound bad because I know people like physical stuff, but if they got rid of physical stuff entirely, they wouldn't be able to price them at seventy quid. I just don't think they would no. be at all. It, 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 you I can't do it. I think they, they would still try because their boxes are seven. They'll try, but it won't work. People eventually do. Vote with their wallets, and they'll just they'll just back off, and they'll end up being fifty quid again, stuff like that. Because you could, the boxes, what's manufacturing cost of a box and a disc? It's got to be pennies, a few pennies to a pound. Distribution costs more than the actual physical object, doesn't it? Yeah, distribution and marketing is what the physical costs tend to be. Yeah, it's it's come to just it sounds it sounds shitty me saying it because I don't fully mean it, but if they got rid of physical physical media. There wouldn't be these seventy pound games on a store. That's I'm just it's it's fact. Just gotta admit it. And people are too frightened to go, Yeah, but I like to trade in. I do. I'm tight. But the the quicker we embrace it, the quicker it'll be cheaper. Diablo four is currently available to play on PS five and PS4 as well as other formats, but those that bought the Ultimate Edition on the uh, PlayStation are having issues logging onto the four day early access. So those that are paid for the early access haven't got it or are having trouble. And I heard about a, a little workaround for this where people were being advised to buy something on the store and uh, it would allow them to bypass the license issue and that they'd be able to play the game. Of course, why not? You've paid I, extra I to, play, to play early, pay more, and then you can actually play early. Yeah. I still, I still, I still, I still fire a bit of umbrage for people that pay extra to play four days earlier. Can you not wait? Yeah. Can you just not wait? <laughs> That, that one I get paying it. extra. I get paying extra for lovely steel books and lovely collecting editions. I get that. That's fucking fine because you want to keep it forever and love it. And sometimes they go up in value. But a digital pre-order ultimate edition where you get to play it four days. Ooh, four days. <laughs> Fuck a, off. That's the thing EA started doing when they did that like EA Play thing, and it yeah, was just because it, it was kind of bundled in. Like no one actually specifically wanted it. It was just bundled in with that service, and then yeah, like. A lot of Activision things now. I'll play four days early, and it's it kind of it kind of sucks because if you want to be competitive at some of the games, like especially like Call of Duty, and that you need to pay the extra to get in there because you're instantly behind everybody. Pay to win, yeah. It's 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 re- it's it's really shitty because if you th- if you think back in the day, you used to order like a physical collector's edition, and you could play early if it turned up early, you know, because you had a yeah. disc. <laughs> no DRM stuff either, were there? No, but I mean, this I think there's a. A competition as well for the first thousand people to hit hundred level one hundred or something, get their name engraved in some statue. Yeah. So again, I think that's probably yeah. piss off a lot of people the, that um, really wanted to do that as well. Yeah, the the, the other thing as well. Bring like, back the auction house. I remember when Diablo three came out and that was fucked for weeks when it came out. So I'm not surprised it's having some kind of weird login issue at, at launch. 
Blizzard, just, just... Blizzard are really bad at launching games. Amongst a lot of the other bad things that they do, they've never had a smooth launch. Overwatch went to shit Although... when it launched. StarCraft 2 fucking barely worked when it launched. You know... <laughs> Maybe in their defense, it's a Sony issue, not Blizzard. But it, might, it might well be, but it's like they've never had a smooth launch for one of their games. No. We're now supposed to be positive and stuff, but that Schadenfreude filter's fucking going sky high. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, like... no, 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 no. <laughs> not if someone's bought it. It's Schadenfreude for Blizzard because they're awful. Yeah, I'm just looking now. Like, like the, yep, you get a lot of extra stuff. You pay extra, so. And it, and it covers the season battle pass as well. It's a battle pass on it, on a what single player this? game. Well, no, it's, it's a sing- multiplayer game. It's not a single-player game, is it? Da, 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 it's a single-player if you want, but ultimately, yeah, like Gadget said, most people play it. It's t- team-based team based PvE. Yeah, you get a load of other stuff if you pay the extra stuff, it's like extra da- that's DL- fine. DLC. That's fine. It isn't just like tw- like 20 quid <clears throat> extra for four days early, look, looking at it. <laughs> I kind of, find it kind of funny. Shitty, but funny. <laughs> <laughs> Next, Square Enix are apparently slightly panicky about Final Fantasy 16 PS5 pre-orders, as part of a Patreon post. Journalist Imran Khan, not the guy that's been <laughs> locked up in <laughs> Pakistan, I think, <laughs> teased a little insight into what he's been hearing about behind the scenes. He said, "I had heard recently that Square Enix is panicking over the pre-order numbers for 16, which are tracking behind Final Fantasy 15, even accounting for the lesser number of launching platforms." He wrote before stressing that the pre-orders are only indication of guaranteed day one sales and the actual number could blow everyone away. Yeah, but Square, Square Enix are always disappointed in their sales numbers because they don't sell 400 billion copies of something on one day. Yeah. They've always been chasing that Final Fantasy VII numbers, haven't they? They're never going to get it again. That was like I, 30 no, million no. copies in one day or some shit, something I, yeah. stupid like I that. I did see a lot Nothing's... of like um, chatter of like basically saying, because we don't want to play Final Fantasy, may cry. <laughs> I do. I do. I, do. I, think, like, <laughs> I like, fucking do. It's more in my wheelhouse of games I enjoy, but like, there's a lot of things just like, they, they don't like that the direction is not sticking to turn-based or, or have the option right. to do turn-based. Yeah, I've been turn-based for over a decade. I like that they're trying to change with Tide. They're trying to trying to get more fans in. I think it's a good positive leap. They tried it with a four boys in a car and it didn't pay off, but... Sticking to the guns. They've been very good for it, haven't they? Yeah. If, 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 you, if you want to play the turn-based stuff, go to... Final Fantasy VII Remake and Rebirth. And what's it? Was that Crisis Core Remake that came out? They're all turn based. Yeah, but if you want a new game. And oh, I know, but it's. And it, you love turn based. There's not I, many turn based games come out nowadays. It's not a thing anymore. The, 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 that was a limitation of the hardware, usually, wasn't it? Turn based. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of turn based like strategy games, but yeah, not as, strategy many, games, not yeah. as many action RPGs. If you want your turn base, get your card games out. But the thing is with this I only pre order a game. I only yeah, I only pre order a game if it's cheaper to pre order. Like I did with yeah. Tis the Kingdom, it was forty five quid. Yeah. I ain't pre ordering Final Fantasy sixteen. I'll I'll the buy it. The ultimate edition for Diablo four was like ninety nine pound ninety nine in the store. It's insane. Oh, what a bargain. Most people can't afford that. Yeah, but most people yeah. can. That's the I've, problem. Thing I've, is, I've... thing is with Diablo Four though, is that that's a game you're pretty much going to stick with for six months plus. Like, yeah. So where is this? This no. in, is it? Yeah, this is a, this is a finite amount of time you can play yeah. from a single player RPG, isn't there? Yeah. And they say it's they say it's only a thirty hour long one, which I'm kind of here for, to be honest. Oh yeah, I've not yeah. got time for a fifty hour game. There's loads of there's loads of games out. I'm I'm happy for a thirty hour 
linear experience with great combat. Bring it on. But I'll get it day one. I'll get it. I probably won't get it digitally because, again, I'll have it cleared in two days. Well, you can get the you can get the Steelbook edition if you want for ninety nine ninety nine for Final Fantasy. I'd rather I'd rather chop my knackers off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll get it with my discount from work. That's what I'll do. <laughs> and use use loads of club card points, so it probably cost yeah. me about twenty quid. I need I need Wilco's to start with the uh, selling the media. So I can get yeah, 20, you do. 20% off. Have a word with CEO. So come on, get some games in. Get some, yeah, games, get some in. games in there. Games still sell. You know? mm. People love physical media. Come on. It's not a dying industry. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck pre-ordering anyway. It's fucking Final Fantasy 16. It's going to sell well. It's not going to do the fucking Final Fantasy 7 numbers because none of your games have done that since. Grow up. Be realistic. <laughs> Stop spending a billion dollars to make a game and expecting a billion dollars back. Just fucking make a tight game. You can do it cheap. Trust me. I think oh, I think they they also panicked because they took a real bath on Force Spooking and they're, they're hoping this one balances out the year's numbers. It just Ooh. makes it just makes it just makes me laugh though. Like Dragon Quest Eleven was made for half the budget that Final Fantasy Thirteen was created on. Look at the. Same company, look at the calibre of game. You know what I mean? It's fucking one sensational. One's a fucking clusterfucker shite. It's just. What, Dragon Quest uh, 11? Yeah, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. But yeah, fuck, fuck them. Just buy it when you want it. Get it when you want it. It's cheap. Square Enix game, they go cheap as well. Absolutely. You can get a Final Fantasy 7 remake for about a ten and a half. Nah, fuck it. Nah, shite. Next. On to the world of film TV. Mason Thames and Nico Parker have been cast as Hiccup and Astrid in the How to Train the Dragon live action movie. Good casting. She was awesome in yeah. The Last of Us. Yeah. Into that. And, uh, good film as well, the original. Oh, what was All it? three of them. What was he in? He was in something good as well. Damn it, it's gone. Um, I'll figure it out. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, again, this is just going down that uh, Disney live action, like, you know, DreamWorks are starting to do that now, aren't they? But at least the people who made How to Train Your Dragon are doing this live action version. So they've got those same people who were involved in those films, and those films are excellent. At least I think it's the the best films that DreamWorks have done. Yeah, yeah, by far. Mason Thames was in The Black Phone. The Black Phone, yes, he was good in that. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, he was excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, the Minions film live action, and they're just oh, oh, can you imagine imagine <laughs> live action Minions that nightmare fuel. Yeah. Jared Leto of, uh, as Bob. Get a lot load of people of restricted growth to yellow up and run around. A real life crew with that nose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be fantastic. Can't wait for that. Looking forward to that live action. Right, Davis rubbing film. his hands. <laughs> he is, he absolutely is. It's going to be all of them. But it's free now that oh, Willow's cancelled. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Next. Uh, Wes Anderson's The Wonderful World of Henry Sugar will tell four short stories from Roald Dahl, his slightly darker, twisted ones that he wrote for adults. The film will star Ralph Fiennes, Ben Kingsley, Benedict Cumberbatch, Dev Patel and Richard Aoudi. Be more, I'm sure there'll be more on that as well. It's Wes Anderson, and it's always full of Bill Murray will be in there somewhere. Somewhere. 
Yeah, yeah Jason Schwartz will really be there somewhere. Willem Dafoe. I hope they're going to um, change some of the language in those because them books are some fucking horrible language. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they will. They would be, yeah. Yeah, I'd hope so. Goldal was not the most PC person going. Asteroid City's not even out yet, and they're already announcing what his next project is. So. He's been busy with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings as well. Oh, on, oh the, yeah. The AI thing's on. It's on yeah, about yeah. those trailers. Yeah. About, it took he, me a second then. Fucking Stig thought he got cut off and like, what? Yeah, I was like, what, what are you on about? <laughs> yeah, he's doing Star Wars 11. I tell you what, what actually. Whatever, whatever, whatever the next one is. You know the um, Star Wars Visions where they do Star Wars in different versions? Yeah. That's a perfect opportunity yeah, the anime to, to do like it a is, Wes Anderson it? version. I don't know if you've watched the Get first him to direct an animated Star Wars. one because he's got animated Star pedigree. Wars Visions, that first ever episode with the samurai. I've not it's watched him yet. I need to watch him because oh, it's insane. It's just anime. It's insane. I just want to see the Ardman one. Yeah, that that's a good one. A lot of them are good, but a lot of them are absolutely Cartoon, shite Cartoon as well. Cartoon Saloon did one as well. I think they got a, a lot bigger names than studios in for season two. Season two is even better, but yeah. the, the fucking first episode will hook you in. It's fantastic that. And no anyway. one talks about visions at all. Yeah. Anyway, Wes Anderson. Yeah. Can't wait for his film coming out this month. I'm looking forward to that because he's fucking great. He's brilliant. He's fantastic. Absolutely he's a visionary. Yeah. He's an auteur. A, a living legend. Mm. Next. Ooh. John Carpenter says a direct sequel to The Thing may be happening. No. Through some recent Q&A sessions. Um, at the I had it there and I've lost it the Texas Frightmare weekend uh, he was asked one question about whether Charles at the end of the thing is the thing um, Carpenter naturally avoided saying anything definite when pressed for an answer by the fan Carpenter said he couldn't say anything because the thing too might be coming sometime in the future I've been sworn to secrecy okay he said because there may be I don't know if there will be there may be a thing. Nah, it's too. bullshit. It's just he's just deflecting it. Doesn't, yeah, they aren't going to yeah. do it because he doesn't know himself. He doesn't know himself. Nah, I have an issue with this because I just because thanks to all the right movies, it got me wanting to go and watch the thing. So I did. I watched the thing again. I think you're getting paid I, by them. I'm not. And then I watched the prequel as well. Um, just you know to enjoy. Also the, called the thing. <laughs> did you watch the original film that the thing is a remake of? <laughs> no, the thing from outer space. <laughs> But the, Not a real the thing, thing is, at the at the end of the movie, it's just kind of it's left perfectly, and I'm really concerned about if it did go off in a different direction for a sequel, exactly what that would mean. Is it going to end up in another place where you've got the same scenario happening, or is it just going to go absolutely fucking mental when the thing is going? Well, you, you know, you know how I fought for that ending. Thousands of people. It's just kind of where does it go? I think yeah, that, enough's I, enough, really. He fought very hard for that ending because they didn't want an like an ambiguous ending. Yeah, yeah. No. he fought hard, and I, that should be canon, and that should be it. I yeah, think. Al- I think also, if they were to do another thing movie, it would have to be a different story. You know, it wouldn't have childs in it because simply the amount of time it's been thirty-one years. No, forty-one years yeah. since that film came out. They're well, fucking frozen. I know that much. The only way to do it, yeah, it would be. <laughs> It's set now. It's set after those events, the same distance, thirty odd years, and they find their bodies there, and then shit happens from there. Yeah, the and then they take it. it back to New York City. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to predator to it. Yeah, we're going to predator. No, we're going to going to do um, what's that? Um, the one with the pred alien. It's going to be that one. It's going to be a small town. Requiem. Oh god, that's Requiem. So <laughs> 
going to be that. A big, it's a big, big small town USA. The, the thing requiem. requiem. <laughs> it's going to be fucking shite. And we're all going to be like, remember when you were fucking buzzing for this coming out? And we we said on Modern Escapism five years ago that we sh- we weren't excited. No, there's too. That's how long it's going to take. Not in five. Too many legacy sequels that are bad. So just leave it alone. Just leave it to die. I like that ending yeah. so much. I fucking I love it. I do too. A, just a, Ambiguous ending. I'm a fucking sucker for it, mate. I love a bad ending as well. I know it sounds awful on Positivity Month, but I do love a bad ending. They have their places, yeah. Hollywood went through a trend of, like, especially in horror films, of every ending being a bad ending. And it yeah. got to the point where it's a bit like, <clears throat> like it was a shock when the actual good guy won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You've got to book the trends. You've got to yeah. twist it up a bit, haven't you, sometimes? Yeah, I agree. Next. Amy, Amy Pascal recently spoke to Variety and asked about the possibility of a Spider-Woman film and a live-action Miles Morales, who's currently voiced by Shamik Moore. Uh, Pascal said, you'll see all of it. It's all happening. Um, they mentioned producer Avio Red teased that uh, she, the Spider-Woman, she would come to the big screen sooner than you expect. Uh, Cross Tomorrow. the Spider-Verse. Uh, the fantastic sequel at the minute has a uh, 95% on Rotten Tomatoes as of when I put this. It's the fourth highest rated film on Letterboxd. Highest rated superhero film on IMDb. Biggest domestic opening day across. Uh, it's earned 208.6 million over the opening right, weekend. Yeah, just done a couple of quid. Get into that. Stig went to see it ten oh, times. Right. <laughs> could afford to. <laughs> and in response to queries about a fourth Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Zendaya, um, there we are going to make another movie. Of course we are, but because due to the strike, things are putting the brakes on at the moment. Yeah, you're right. Well, That's another Tom Holland. Film. When they do that, yeah, they set it up perfectly to do something different with it as well. It doesn't have to be the whole like he doesn't have the iron spoiler that alerts. He doesn't have the iron spider suit anymore. He's back to basic. Like just take it back to doing. Like, have him, I don't know, like, he's met Matt Murdock, have them team up. Yeah. Like, Friendly Neighbourhood Spider-Man. Yeah. Bring that into it. Like, no, but have it Fisk and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't go... The small, the small scale, not to be not super world galactic, world-ending shit. I mean, Wilson Fisk could have a lot to say about saying small scale. He'd, he'd come and punch it. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, within Hell's Kitchen and New York area, that kind of stuff, yeah. rather than being like, oh, I'm on a spaceship and I'm on Titan. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I mean, I love all that, but like, I just wanted I, basically just give me Wilson Fisk in the Spider-Man film. Yeah, make it Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, well, it will be. Yeah, if it is, but it needs to be. It, it seems it just it seems crazy to me that we could be if we get four Spider-Mans in and he still hasn't come up against him. Like, yeah. still hasn't come up against Kingpin. Mix. It's just weird. Kingpin is a bigger baddie in Daredevil, though, but he's still quite a... It's all, it's all a Green Goblin in Spider-Man, isn't it? It's all about the Goblin. Yeah, but we've been there and done that. I know, I know. But that's just... His rose galleries, Venom, Green Goblin, rinse, repeat. Like Daredevil were more uh, Kingpin. A lot more. Yeah, but the two, the two did cross over, so... <clears throat> many, many, many times. He was first in the game, and then he was in uh, Spider-Verse as well. But if you go off like, how he was shown in Spider Verse, just a fucking yeah. triangle of a man. <laughs> 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 just if you go off the end of No Way Home, where that 
that leaves you and that, that post credit sting, we know yeah. the symbiote is there. Yep. Realistically, Wilson Fisk can't, the, the Wilson Fisk in the MCU can't match up to Spider-Man. No. Could you have a symbiote Fisk? <laughs> it's happened. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's the only way I could realistically see him challenging Spider-Man. Uh, it is a fun fact of symbiote Fisk that, that Fisk was too big, the symbiote only wrapped around his arms. There you go. <laughs> just, just massive rocket launcher arms. Yeah, it didn't go. It couldn't go any further. And it was too much energy for the symbiote to take. He was that big a man. Because you got to remember in the books, as and and on, on that on that like film, cartoon film, he is monstrous, seven foot five, yeah. three hundred pounds monster. Not in Mars, six hundred pound monster. He's just. And he's got bulletproof skin, which has never, ever been explained, and I love that they've never explained it. <laughs> he's just got bulletproof skin because <laughs> he's that big. Ding! He's not even a mutant or anything. He's just got bulletproof skin. Why not? Yeah. Born with it. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway big, more Spider-Man. Happy. Happy for that. We'll, mm. we'll get into that. Yeah, Nexus. Yeah. Next. Sorry, Gadget. A new Fast and Furious film starring Dwayne Johnson is in the works. Uh, the film will serve as a bridge between Fast X and Fast 11 and is not a, what we need as well. a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw. Neat. We need to know. We need to. We need to know what happened. In... <clears throat> I do. Why was it we... there in Fast Nine? Yeah, well, yeah. Why was it there in Fast Nine? We need to know. We need to know what, what happened. Where, where's Where he was? been all this Where time? Where was he? Eating pancakes. I'm wondering. Keeps you doing a job. <laughs> I've got a job. I don't need another one. <laughs> Although the next bit will make you smile. Vin Diesel is reportedly upset with Jason Momoa for stealing his thunder in Fast X and blames him for the film's negative reviews. Yeah, because right, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was the Jason Momoa's fault. since the Joker. <laughs> was that, how could it be if he, yeah. he was that good as a villain? <laughs> right. The thing is, he isn't. But um, he, You said it. Yeah. He is the best thing in that film. And every reviewer said the same thing. Like, not a single reviewer has said the problem is Jason Momoa. He is the fun factor in that film. He's incredible in that film. Just I the rest is I, just... I am, I am sorry to say this, but I know Vin Diesel listens to this podcast, but <laughs> he's never been the best film in any of... Best thing in any of the films. <laughs> yeah. At all. I think, ever. I, I, think the problem, I think the problem as well, and I'm sure I'll find this out when I eventually do see it, is that... So. He's he's cast one of the most charismatic actors out there as the baddie, whereas up to this point, all the baddies in the Fast and Furious films have been a bit cookie cut or a bit dull or boring as actual people. Yeah, I mean, even Jason Statham was just standard bad guy, wasn't he? Like he was just, stay he was just for long, did he? Yeah, just standard bad guy, but British. Yeah, you know that was it. Whereas Jason Momoa. Even when he's doing understated roles, there's still a flamboyance to him. Oh man, this... let's get a Hawaiian baddie. That's what we needed all along. There's a guy that drinks so whiskey much... and rides motorbikes. So much flamboyance in there. He's a, he's honestly, Gadget. I think you you actually love the character. It's just I probably he is, will. He is ridiculous. Like I said, he's in a completely different film to Vin Diesel. Yeah. Also, didn't, <laughs> the... didn't Vin Diesel like write and conceptualize this film? So he's only got himself to fucking blame for this. <laughs> yeah, but apparently uh, Momoa just kind of ad-libbed a lot of these, the way he acted and the way the character was. Because that's called acting. Go, My man! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he did do that or not. He might have done. That's his, catch- that's his catchphrase, isn't it? My man. My man. He's fun. He did he it in June. Fun. He didn't do it in June. But imagine if he did do it in June. My man. In that corridor. <laughs> My man. I think he, said it like, he said it in like one film once. <laughs> yeah. That's his catchphrase. 
did he, he did he did give uh, Paul Atreides on my lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, lord. my lord. <laughs> Look, I like Jason Momoa. I don't care what anyone fucking says. Oh, he's yeah, great. He's a fun guy. Seems like a chill dude. And he's Bonnie is out. Good he's a bass lad. player though. Knocks him down a couple of Oh, is he? Yeah. Ooh, not the be- almost not, perfect. Not the best thing to do is upset him when the way that film ends, like, and you still haven't filmed the next one. So, oh dear, that means he survives, guys. Spoiler he survives. alert! I'm stick. <laughs> but it's a two-parter, three-parter. Oh no, it's Three. been ruined for me. Next, <laughs> <laughs> finally to the weird world web. Britain's seagulls seem to be developing an appetite for a little more than just unguarded fish and chips. There are currently increasing reports of the seaside pests swooping down to make off with drug users' stashes. In particular, <laughs> a group of synthetic cannabinoids known as spice. Spice users in humans spice. cause euphoria, talkativeness, paranoia, nausea, and mood swings. Oh, I think we're all on it. In some cases, the sedative effects are so acute that users have been compared to zombies. Also, also, also spice does allow you to navigate through space at, at beyond light speed. Yeah. I love this next one. Surprisingly enough, there's been very little research into the synthetic narcotic effects on seagulls. (laughs) Incidents of the birds swooping down to nick users' stashes of the drugs have apparently been reported in Hastings, East Sussex, Margate, and Kent. I like how it's all the south. It's where all the druggies live. London, Leeds, Manchester, and Liverpool. (laughs) How dare you! And it gets better. As former Spice user Kevin Robertson, 45, former. Amateur scientist, Kevin Robinson. Goals will go for anything. They used to come up behind us and grab whatever we had. If we were stoned and completely out of it, the goals would come and just take the joint we were smoking and fly off. In the end, the best place for us was in the covered bus shelters. But even then, the seagulls would seem to know where we were. <laughs> Se- seagulls do not give a fuck, do they? They're, no, gr- no. they're great. They're just like, yeah, I'm not the alpha predators. Yeah. They're, they're like the top of the food chain. <laughs> they're fucking bin chickens is another one. what they are. Yeah, they are, yeah. They just, like, you see them so, just like grab stuff and gobble it down like, it's like, <clears throat> if they can fit it in the gob, then they'll get it in. Have you not seen, have you not seen that video of a seagull eating a rat? That's fucking yeah. creepy, that one. Yeah. There's, that, there's also that video, oh, it's so good, I'll link it. I'll link it to you guys later. A seagull nicks some guy's food in Australia or somewhere like that and then Fucking snake on a pole gets the seagull <laughs> mid-flight and just fucking wraps it sent around this and kicks fuck out and well eats fuck out of this seagull. I'm like, that is nature. I do. Damn nature, you scary. I, I do like that 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 video of it, it was the same seagull that kept running into a where it'd wait for the shop doors to open. Oh, it was a Greg's one, and it would run in and make a bag in of and crisps. Grab, grab a crisps and run off. And, <laughs> and it had learned that when the doors opened, it could run in and grab stuff. <laughs> I think that gif is still Monk's Boy's Twitter profile picture. <laughs> <laughs> Big into that. Big into that. The seagulls will look to the seagulls. The we will probably get a seagull to interview on the show in the future. Next. Oh, is that it? That's, that's yeah. it, mate. Unless oh, you want some more on to the... quotes. No. No, thanks. I'm all quoted out. Let's move on to the Nexus. Gadget, what have you been doing, boy? Uh, so I. Spent most of the week watching uh, Games Done Quick, as as you would expect. Uh, it was very good. Uh, as, as was you it would quick? Uh, I mean, it took a week, but yeah, they, they did things quickly and speedily. Yep. I'm just trying, <laughs> yep. just trying to get up what they actually made this week. Um, 
Uh, just check your chuffing bank balance, mate, because you probably subscribed. You probably give them more money than anyone. I did. I did get drunk last night and donate money and buy some stuff from the shop. Yeah, um, I knew you would. Uh, oh yeah, they made two point two million dollars over seven days for Doctors Without Borders. Wow! So before last night, they'd have made one point two million dollars, and then you put a million dollars down. <laughs> yeah, so much for buying a house. Um, some of the, some Fuck of the, some of the best ones worth going back on YouTube for the vods were uh, there was a Kingdom Hearts final mix race, um, which was quite fun. Uh, two people just trying to beat Kingdom Hearts as fast as possible. There's a lot of RNG on that now. There is a lot of RNG. Um, mm. Super Mario Bros, the original one, um, without using the level warp, um, done one-handed. I could, I could probably do that on a, on a NES controller. Yeah, but could you do it in 19 minutes? No, I could do it in about five hours. <laughs> uh, I'd have to have unlimited lives, though. Uh, blindfolded Elden Ring in an hour and a quarter. That was worth. That's definitely worth watching. That's ridiculous. What? Ridiculous. That's yep. Fucking. And blindfolded Legend of Zelda, which was done in an hour and a half. Uh, that oh, that it, was Breath, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, he did it. Yeah. Were he using uh, sound cues then? Of course like, he was. Yeah. He was using yeah. sound cues and basically like chucking bombs to see what they bounced off. Yes, clever. Yeah, but I like that. That's clever. Yeah, heartily recommend you go. Uh, people go back and look those up. Uh, but the main thing I want to talk about today is so 2023 has become the year of the remake because I've been playing the System Shock remake, which came out and it's fucking fabulous. Okay. So for those who aren't aware, uh, who aren't as old as me. Uh, System Shock was a game made by Looking Glass Studios in 1994, um, and it was kind of the first major hit for people uh, like household names like uh, Warren Spector, um, Ken Levine, uh, Chris Avalon, people like that. Uh, and it was the progenitor to Immersive Sims. So Immersive Sims all come back to System Shock. And that, that's where the 0451 code comes from. Um, uh, the one that you've got tattooed on your nipples. Shh, people don't need to know that. Okay. <laughs> the um, yeah, so Night Dive Studios did an enhanced version of it, which basically made it playable on modern machines and added a few quality of life things back in 2015. Did the original not have um, mouse compatibility or anything. You had to use a keyboard. Yeah, it was all, it was all keyboard. It didn't have mouse look or anything. That's insane when you think about it. Like it had, first person you, game. You, well, you could use the mouse with it, but it was for all for your inventory. <laughs> like you just didn't have mouse look. Well, because no, no first person game at the time had mouse look. Like Doom didn't have mouse look. You know, no, it was that. all arrows and that, weren't it? And yeah. yeah. So, but um, yeah. So Night Dive did an enhanced edition, which added mouse look and added a few quality of life things and made it work on Windows 10 back in 2015. And then uh, they also said they would remake it. Uh, they'd got the license and the rights to do it. And it's been in development for about eight years because they first built it on Unity and then they changed it to Unreal and yada, 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 back and forth, back and forth. There was a Kickstarter, which failed. Um, and then another Kickstarter, which was successful. Um, and it's finally released after so long. Like, I've been waiting for this forever. It's been incredible. Um, they have basically done a one-to-one remake of it, but they've added, like, mouse look. They've added proper um, kind of uh, lighting engine. Make it feel a bit more modern, a bit easier to play as a kind of a modern player. But they've kept the level design, they've kept the mood, the feeling of it. It's so good. So in the game, you play the role of a nameless security hacker who's trying to hinder the... You start off the game trying to... Uh, hack, hack the planet. In, no, you're trying to hack into a company called Trioptimum, 
because this is set in 2072, so it's all, you know, corporate dystopia shit. But while you're trying to hack into Traptimum, you get caught and you get offered a deal. If you you get sent to um, Citadel Station, and if you can remove the ethical controls over the shipwide AI called Shodan, you will be allowed to leave and you'll be given some cyber implants and that kind of thing that you were trying to steal in the first place. So naturally, the hacker agrees. And then he wakes up on Citadel Station six months after he's turned off the ethical concerns. And everyone's dead. Everyone's dead, Dave. Or mutated, or turned into zombies, or turned into cyborgs, or what have you. Because Shodan, she's, um, she's got no regard for human life now that she doesn't have any of her ethical constraints on. And yeah. the Citadel Station is now heading to Earth with its big mining laser to destroy the planet. So you have to stop her. And that's the run of the game. You you go through the, the the level design is so very nineties. There are all these kind of like twisting labyrinthine messes as you kind of walk around, loop around, opening up things. You've got to destroy security cameras and it's to stop Shodan being able to see you, and so you can do the things that you need to do. Um, you fight zombies and tin men and all that kind of thing. Pick up uh, audio notes um, and uh, audio diaries, and like that's how you piece the story together. Well, can you keep... move while you're listening to them? Oh, I just yes. got to ask that. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. We're not Callisto Protocol calling it here. <laughs> um, the brilliant bit, though, is still Showdown. Showdown was one of the iconic 90s video game baddies. She's so creepy, and they have they, they, they've redone her voice in is this Is that the one. blue face from the fucking box? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I remember it. Yeah, they, they, they've, they have redone all of her voice lines and redone all the kind of the voice lines of the, um, the, the audio logs. But they've kept the creepiness, the weirdness, the distortedness, the fact that like the voice will sometimes come out in stereo with different pitches. Because it's not a human voice. Like Shodan doesn't know how to speak like a human. She's it's it's effectively fancy text to speech. And she taunts it. you, she hates you, she wants to cleanse the station of you. And she will just she the, the, you start off on the medical level and you have you have to basically work your way down the different decks of this space station. The first time you get to the elevator that'll take you up to the next level. Um, your security level's too high, so you're not able to open it up. And she just comes over the radio and, uh, uh, and, and says to you, no, this is just for me, not for you, but don't worry, you won't be around for very long. We're going to cleanse you. And then, like, a load of enemies come out of a monster closet. Cleanse. Sounds like Dane Ashclyde. Cleanse you is a yeah. term, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's very, very much a term, yeah. She, well, she wants to cleanse the human race. She finds Ooh, them disgusting. Me, give me a good swift cleanse in any day. What, with an orbital space laser? Um, yes. So yeah, they've nailed the mood, they've nailed the kind of implicit horror, like it's not like a horror horror game, it's not like, the, the, there's, a, there's a couple of jump scares, you'll open a door and there'll be an enemy right there, but that's about it. Like like Bioshock's not a horror horror game, yeah. but I still screamed. Yeah, well Bioshock is <laughs> the spiritual sequel to this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, I know yeah. it's got the, the, it, the, the it, DNA it, there. Yeah, it's more, it's more long form tension, like you feel tense yeah. playing the game. yeah. The only thing that they haven't brought over, and I'm a little sad at, is the soundtrack for the 1994 game is fucking mad. It's absolutely... You the original. It, it, sort, sort of like the, the, the original doesn't suit the tune, that's the thing. It's just a really fucking mad soundtrack because it's kind of like... Um, it's, it's kind of like if Nine Inch Nails did acid. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's like what I say to um, people that play the Resident Evil remake. If you're not listening to the original 1998 soundtrack, you're not playing the game properly. Well, true, yeah, but it, it, it's just not. 
the, the soundtrack they've got on there fits the mood much better. It's a very ambient and very tense and you know, you feel uncomfortable when you're playing it. It just doesn't have these mad kind of synth 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 prog bits, which is what was in the original, but I can live without it. Um so yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. it like it's a very nineties game. Like they haven't made many accommodations for modern players, other than like make, making the control scheme work, making the inventory a bit easier to use, that kind of thing. It's very much a game. If you played PC games or video games in the nineties, this will give you such a fucking dose of nostalgia. So um, what? I'm I'm fucking glad that you finally got something that actually. <laughs> I was going to say that as well. So like, finally... you've had a ba- you you've had a bad run, mate. You've had a terrible <laughs> run, especially when it came to horror games. Yeah, <laughs> and you took it. You took it to June, all the way to June to actually get something. Oh, no, well, no, no, it's so, fucking hit. I got Dead Space. Dead Space was great. I loved that. We all got that fantastic game. Yeah, fantastic and game. Resident Evil Four. I fell off it, but I enjoyed what I played of it, you know, so... <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But you've had a terrible run, though, haven't you, mate? Let's what? be real. Callisto Protocol, yeah, that was a bad... Still hurts. And Redfall. And Redfall. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, I'd forgotten about Redfall. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so, yeah, but S- System Shock is great. And the best thing is, it's only £30... On, uh, no, £35 on Steam. So now it's, that's what, it's a that's decent, what we love to It's a decent price. And it's still like a 14-hour game as well. It's um, Brilliant. Or you can play it on hard mode where you have a 10-hour time limit. That's what I'd do. You could, yeah, I'm not playing a PC game. Yeah. Not a chance. I think it it, it is coming. <laughs> it is coming to PlayStation Five in the future. Then I will get it. I, would, I will enjoy when it. When it comes out, I, I really like Bioshock. And one last thing on the on the mm. graphics. I sent, I put a screenshot on the Discord deals, and you said it didn't look that nice when you see it in motion. The, graphi- yeah, the no, graphics. I, the graphics do a really cool thing. They've kept all the like level geometry of the original the, the original game, but the textures are great because like from a distance they look fine and just slightly chunky. You get up close to them and they pixelate like a game from the nineties, and I really like that. I watched that. a um, I watched a video review of it that day. Yeah, after slagging it off, and I was like, oh, "That does look nice." <laughs> it looks fantastic in motion, doesn't it? Like screenshots I'm, I'm don't do it. First to admit when I'm wrong. I'm always the first to admit when I'm wrong, and it, yeah, it's, it's pretty as fuck. Yeah, so it's lovely. Yeah, it's uh, so it's out now on PC, and I think it comes out later this year on all on all the consoles actually, and Mac for some System reason. System Shock, baby. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Love that, love that, love that. Uh, I also, because Candy's not here, I'm, I'm going to bring up a second thing because I'm greedy and I want to take all of the time in the world. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> um, so, Oodle, so you, you know the games I like. You know, strategy games, RPGs, first-person shooters, fantasy. Uh, no, that's Stig. Um, you know the yeah. kind of games I like. You know the kind of games I like is not usually a fighting game, right? You you've ne- you don't fight. You're not fighting. No, I'm a, lo- I'm, a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I bought Street Fighter Six this week, and fuck me, it's good. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah. I've, I've seen I've seen them reviews. I mean, I, yeah, I saw the reviews come in. I thought, well, I mean, you know, fighting fight, if fighting games are done well, they always review highly because reviewers do like fighting games. Like, I'm expecting Tekken Eight. When is it Tekken Eight? This when it's coming yep. out. I'm expecting yeah, that yeah. to do numbers when it hits reviews. But I saw it in Asda and it was 48 quid on Xbox. So it's just like, okay, oh, you're that's, gone, actually, aren't you? that's a decent price. So I thought, you know what? I've just been paid. Let's have, a, let's have a bash at that as well. And I picked it up and I played it for about four hours solidly last night. It's really fucking good. What the, do uh, I always say about Capcom? They don't do us any wrong. They I, can't. I tell you what, the fucking RE engine. Ooh, oh, I it know. looks beautiful in this game. It's not it, even new, but it's a great engine. No, but they've done some fucking spectacular work with it. Um, so obviously... Everyone knows Street Fighter. It is what it is. I'm, I'm not going I've to describe it. it. Explain it. <laughs> um, people are on the street and they're fighting each other. That's about it. 
Wow. Uh, <laughs> actually, in Street Fighter 2, there's only Concept. one stage. It's a street. Yes, yes, it is. There's what, one stage. Yeah. Well, there's, so, so, so far, what I've played, there are two stages that are streets in this one. <laughs> are, you trying, are you trying to tell me this is a one-on-one, diverse cast of characters fighting game? That's exactly I what I'm trying to tell you, Oodles. Okay, okay. Uh, it's, also, it's also the sixth mainline iteration of them. No way. Not counting the fucking thousands, but, but thousands the, the, of other entries that they put out. I think it's the 29th yeah, game in the series. Yeah, something like that. It's ridiculous. Um, if we're counting the alphas and stuff. So I, I don't have much of a history of Street Fighter, so I, I can't really talk to what I the changes do. were. And I'm fuming I, that you've got it and I haven't. <laughs> I, did, I did pick up Street Fighter Five at one point on Steam, uh, and I hated it. Uh, That's great. That, but that was mostly because like the netcode on PC was really, really bad, and it was just impossible to play against anybody. Yeah. Um. And I also didn't like the the monetization thing in it, but uh, so so the, the, this game they've kind of changed things around. I think they've tried to bring it more back to basics. It, even down to like the menuing system is not as complicated as what uh, Street Fighter Five was. They've gone, they take pulled away from the kind of almost realistic, more realistic art style of the last game, and they've gone just super cartoony, super bright, super cool. It's like a fucking fighting game version of Spider Verse. You know, it's like. You, so they've they've added these these things called super arts into it. So they're not your normal special moves. These are these colorful blasts of energy which you can use to break your opponent's guard. And when you do it, they you get these kind of like strands of paint co- come out of it in like the three key colors of whatever character you're playing. So if you are play, they with a dodge like, counter uh, break counters? Are they still in it? No, break counters are still in it. Oh, or at least I see God. I see it popping up. Um, oh thank God. But when, so when when Ooh. you so when you say if you're doing playing as Ryu, um, the colours that spurt out which are, no one should the the colours that spurt out are, great. are red, off. red, white, and black, or if you're playing as Kami, they come out as uh, blue, red, and white. You know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's based based on, but it's also based on the costume as well. So if you use Kami's alt costume, it comes out as like green and a, a couple of other colours. So but, Zangius is just red underpants and skin. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Just the, I think it's the colours of the Russian flag, ultimately. Um, yeah, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, when and when these connect, um, they hit hard. But you can also kind of counter against them, and it's it's just it's a dopamine machine is the best way I can describe it. it and always I know, have been, man. I, I know I'm not describing this very well because I'm not a fighting game person, but this is this has really tickled something in the, in my brain, and it's like giving me all the happy hormones, and I'm really enjoying it. They've also done something, and I think this has been my problem with uh, fighting games. I'm really bad at combos, and I'm really bad at um, remembering uh, inputs for All different right. moves. I tend to button mash a little bit. They've implemented a modern control scheme that you can opt in for, which mm. um, makes it simpler to learn what you do. So you still have to have some element of control. It doesn't completely simplify everything. But it means that you know you can do um, special... Uh, you can do your kind of ultimates and, and EX moves or whatever they're called with a with a button press combo rather than up, down, left, right, back, forth, A, B. You know, it's like you don't have to remember a string of commands. It goes into matchmaking as well, though. So when you're fighting against other people, you will be fighting against people with the same control scheme as you. So it makes it, it makes it more accessible to get into it. Um, I was going to get it this week, but I, I, I don't know. Something back in my head said, you're skint. Stop it. <laughs> that thing, that thing was called your was wife. Get it. She doesn't know why. <laughs> the um, they've also added this thing in which I'm not sure I like. It's called World Tour, which is this, uh, which is what Biggie was talking about when he 
brought up the demo. I won't touch that shit. I won't touch that shit. Running around and doing stupid things on the street. That's the part that put me off, but if it's a street part <sighs> game, then it's so I've, yeah. So I played about an hour of it and kind of got into it. Uh, for, start, for starters, you, you, in the story, you are a student of Luke, and he's a bit of a dickhead. Who's not Luke? In the guy on box art. The, the cover. Oh, that man. <laughs> is he just a, a real clone then, is he? No, he's, he's he's well, he's some, oh, I thought he was. Well, from because uh, uh, you play a bit of him as the tu- tutorial, he feels kind of halfway between. Has real- he got Hadoukens on him? No, he, no, he, he, oh. yeah, actually, no, he has some magic magic casting, but he's somewhere between Kami and Ryu. Oh, so he's faster. He's very fast. Okay, like he, okay. I've lost against him the most when I've been playing against the computer. Okay, um, okay, that's but yeah, you're stu- in the work. But you're a, you're a student of him, and then he sends you out into Metro Metro City, not Metrocity. Um, <laughs> to go and beat people up, I think it plays like Street it. Fighter. It plays like the Aldi version of a Yakuza game. <laughs> it's not very good. I'm going to say that mode at all, mate. I, I wouldn't it's, recommend it's the this. Only ma- I, I, I'm going to get Street Fighter. I'm going to get a PS Plus subscription for a month, and I'm just going to beat Japanese people at stupid o'clock at night. So I'm gonna, that's all I'm yeah. planning on doing. That's all, I, that's all I did with with five. It's all I did with four. I just play it at a stupid time so I'm fighting with people with the names I can't pronounce. <laughs> and, I'm just, <laughs> and I'm just ranking up. That's fucks. Oh, I can do that for hours. They don't realise my razor focus when it comes to things like that. The Fucking co- hell. The main thing is the core fighting engine is a lot of fun. I haven't braved fighting people online yet. Because I know oh, I'm going to get my ass handed to me Im- immediately. Um, but ultimately, it's a lot of fun. It's camp as fuck. Um, there's NPC characters in it that are gender diverse, which I find very interesting that the Japanese company nice, uses though, it. Isn't it? It's, it's very nice. Uh, the announcer in the Battle Hub Oodles, you'll fucking love him. He's camp as yep. Christmas. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would really heartily recommend it. And this is coming as someone I mean, who's not a fighting game fan. I would say pick this up. If you like fighting games, fucking pick this up. It's really, really the fucking listener- good. The listener is waited, waiting with bated breath to find out who's your main now. Who's your main? At the mi- all, all anyone asks. At the minute, just based on the amount of matches I've done, probably Cammy. But I'm okay. That's a strong main. That's a. I've said I'll be at fucking Evo soon. That lad, he'll be at Evo <laughs> with with Cammy. I've done quite a lot with Cammy. Uh, I've played. Uh, I've done Ryu's story campaign, uh, and I found okay. him not pleasant Ryu's to play. Fucking us. crap. He's not uh, crap. crap. He's great. He's crap. He, he, He's crap. What I you found... play Zangief is a big fucking lump. Yeah, I prefer it. <laughs> Shite. I've, I've what's, found... Blanc, what's Blanca like in this? Uh, he looks fucking terrifying. I haven't played as him yet, but he's he's, oh. he's enormous and he's he's fucking Shrek green. Uh, just uh, uh, while you've been talking, I've been lo- watching Luke's moveset. He's nowhere near you. Or Ken. Is he not? No. Literally the only thing he does is he does have a rising uppercut, but everything else is just completely oh, different. Oh, that's good to know then. Yeah. That's good. He's mm. more like a boxer, like kick, like m- m- all his moveset seems to be punches. So I thought they'd just do it. I just thought they'd made like another Dan again. I like, think oh, he's meant to be like it's... a cage fighter. <laughs> oh, right. Because he's, cause he's, he's, he's... In the stage he's in, he's in a cage like a US you never know. It's, I might play as Luke and be like, "I've got a new main," but no one's took Zangief for fucking twenty five years. I really patronising when I played it. I was just like, oh, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, the, oh, the, 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 the world, like I said, the world tour stuff. I, I've, I've got no interest in after playing. Mostly also because I'm still playing Yakuza like a dragon, which is a good Yakuza game. I'll just keep doing that if I want that experience. Um, exactly. 
but yeah, it's I, I I really like it. Um, it's a uh, <laughs> Cammy seems to be my main at the minute. I did enjoy what I've played of Luke, like as a fighter, he's a lot of fun to play as. I seem to be gravitating towards the faster fighters. Um, I struggle fighting against Cammy's. A good Cammy player, I struggle. Well, I, I'm a Zangief, Zangief main. It's complete opposite. Well, I put I put, I put that I put that clip in the Discord earlier. She's psychotically yeah, fast in this game. Like she I've, is. I, I've seen Street Fighter stuff. She's before a juggle and, machine. She's a proper juggle machine. Yeah, I've seen Street yeah. Fighter stuff before. And Cammy's always been fast, but not this fast. It's it, you can get across the arena so quickly. But I've ranked a good on Cammy about, player can smash can, can smash the best Chun Li player in, ever. You know what I mean, it's if you're good at it. Watch watch some of them Evo clips. Fucking yeah. hell. I've gone on about this far too long, but yeah, just get it. I think anyone who likes fighting games would really enjoy this. Probably also, get it next the, week. The create the character looks insane. I've seen some I monstrosities. I ain't doing that. Yeah, you've got to. Have you seen the monstrosities that you can make? It looks incredible. Yeah, I'm not bothered about that. Can you yeah. pick your own um, fighting style then when you make a character? Is that what you pick? You base yourself on someone else? The fight, from what I can gather, because so, so, so the guy I built on it was just kind of a big bruiser, kind of Zangief style. And he seemed to yeah. have sort of Zangief star, I think. So I think it's based on your physical attributes. So if you make like a skinny that twink. That makes sense. If you make a skinny, skinny twink, you're going to fight like a skinny character. Um, Vega. But the moves don't seem to change that much. I think it's more the impact of them. Are we missing any characters then from the main roster, from two, three roster? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Ooh. Um... Got Saga. Is Saga in it? I love Saga. No, yeah. so none of the original ah. four bodies are in. So well, the- yet. Uh, the, 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 the characters in this one, so you've got Kami, Lily, yep. Zangief, JP, yep. Marissa. JP, yeah. You'd like, you'd like Marissa, really. she'll step on your neck. Um, I, think I, I think I recognize Marissa. Big, big muscle Russian woman. Um, oh, no, she must be new. Oh, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe not, maybe not, I don't know. No, I think uh, she is. Manon, yeah. DJ, E-Honda. Oh, DJ's back. Oh, yeah, Dalsim, cool. Blanca, Ken, Jury. Kimberly, Guile, Chun Li, Jamie, Luke, and Ryu. Okay, okay. I mean, Dalsim's there for kids to play against the dad because I always let my kids play as Dalsim because <laughs> he's the cheating character that only cheaters use. Yoga, oh, yoga, 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 yoga. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even the even the bloody PC does cheats when the when you fight against Dalsim. Yeah, he's a cheating character. He's he's for, he's for newbies. Not gatekeeping street fighter guys, but come on, been playing it for thirty years. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> Guy needs to sort his hair out. He looks like a used toothbrush at this point. Guy's a really good character to play as as well. If you can master Guy, yeah, Guy's good. Yeah, Guy needs to take the. Um, I've, 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 I have played as Lily and Kimberly as well. So these are two of the new characters, and they're really interesting. Lily's like a um, highlight player, I think. Yeah. Um, and Kimberly's just got massive braids that you whack people with. Oh wow! Okay, I'm looking forward to. It. I'm probably going to get it next week. I'm, I'm going to crumble. Oh yeah, like a deck chair. I'll fold, fold like a deck chair, and I'll be on. I'll be on it. Smashing Japanese lads up at middle of night. That's my favourite thing to do ever, and I shout at them as well. <laughs> <laughs> great. Japanese great. with a Yorkshire accent. I'm like, you made this, and I'm destroying it. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Cool, 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 cool. Excellent. I'll go next. I've got two things. One of them's really quick. Been playing the new XCOM game. The new XCOM, XCOM game. Legends. XCOM Legends. Oh, not the yes. fucking phone one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, from getting what me do you love about this new XCOM game? Fuck me. What do you love about XCOM? That it's good quality tactical combat, squad based. Yeah. 
the over the, the classic Overwatch shuffle where you just kind of move forward a turn, Overwatch, yeah. move forward, Overwatch. Kill yeah, well, aliens. in this game, not none of that's in it. So Fucking rude. It's basically a turn-based JRPG with XCOM characters. Oh, nah. (laughs) It's fucking turgid. So I saw the the beta go up. It's it's only in beta now at the moment, and I got got an access code for it and blah, 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 blah. Um, It's just fucking crap. (laughs) It's just proper... (laughs) It's proper crap. Is it made by uh, Firaxis? Yeah, well, the, the fucking name wow. pops up at the beginning of the game. Um, I think it's made in Korea, you know, like most mobile games nowadays. Um, it's gacha pay to win type type fair uh, timed stuff. Like, oh, pay fifty p, you can play it play longer. Oh god, you know I'm, god the... I'm watch, watching a video video of it now on Android. Yeah. It looks it looks like Raid Shadow Legends. It's, it plays like Raid Shadow Legends, so your mum will be all over it. Nah, she doesn't like sci-fi that much. It's the problem is the law dumps that you get in it is fantastically written and everything about it. It respects the the world and it's the actual sequel to XCOM Two. Do you know uh, the child? Is it the children? Chosen? Why the chosen? It's War a sequel the chosen, to that. Yeah. War of the chosen. It's a sequel to actual sequel and it, it's really that that bit's really fucking well done. Whoever's done the localization and done all that to it has probably put a lot of love into it. And I bet they're fuming that it's attached to this game. Because it's fucking shite. Proper it shite. really is. Jesus Christ. I, like, do you know that Doom game that came out recently, that mobile Doom game that's really yeah, fucking Ma- good? Mighty Doom, because you actually play the fucking game. Yeah, that's that's a sensational... That's how you do a one-finger phone game. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant, and I, I still play it. But XCOM Legends, I were getting it because we've had a few good runs, you know what I mean? Think about, like, Fallout Shelter. Fantastic mobile game. Really good. Yeah, was I think great. I think it's, I think it's better than Fallout Four. <laughs> I, think it's, I think Fallout Shelter is really good, and we've had Mighty Doom. We had um, Gears Pop. Gears Pop were fucking brilliant, and I thought this was gonna be one of those, and it's just absolute horse shit. And I feel like I've wasted uh, three hundred megabytes on the phone. <laughs> it's just shite and I've deleted it and, I, and, and now because I was in this bait I'm getting emails and emails and emails about it and it's pissing me off I'm getting really angry I'm like I might delete my email account and start a new one just, just but yeah, flat out delete it fucking get rid of it don't bother playing it guys I, I, I wouldn't I, I've already seen it on online with people do you know them fake reviews that they put up oh yeah best game best game does everything oh blah, 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 all that fucking bother. they need to the best thing I like about Apple's ecosystem is the App Store. I don't know if it is nowadays, but it used to be curated perfectly. The Play Store is fucking just a cesspit of fucking shite. It's yeah. awful. <laughs> fucking awful. But yeah, the main thing I want to talk about is something positive and something that really moved me this week, a film, a movie. Guy Ritchie's new film, uh, The Covenant. Um, off the bat, let me just start. This is Guy Ritchie's best film. By, by a fucking margin. I'm not a massive Guy Ritchie fan. So it starts Jake Gyllenhaal and Dar Salim, um, set in 2018 Afghanistan. And it's not what you think, Guy Ritchie. It's not like, you might be wondering what I'm doing in Afghanistan. It's not like that. <laughs> there's not, there's not, this is a serious just, fucking No Jason film. Statham in it. No, no, there's not, baby. You're all Sergeant Bricktop. <laughs> yeah, none of that. This is, this is Guy Ritchie attempting to escape that crime caper thing that he does and I think it's on par with like Black Hawk Down and stuff like that 
Wow. I think it's fucking... Kind of really I impressive. Crying my eyes out. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal is Sleeper, one of my favourite actors. Just, he just fucking... He puts his heart and soul into it. I'm not talking about Prince Persia, but he's fucking fantastic. And Dar <laughs> Salim in this is fucking amazing in it. And he's he's gonna be he's gonna be huge in this. And it's basically a story about uh, Sergeant John Kinley, um, Major Sergeant. Sorry, I need to respect that. They're in they're in the the latter days of the uh, uh, quote unquote invasion of Af- Afghanistan. I'm saying quote unquote because who knows who's listening. The invasion of Af- <laughs> Afghanistan, um, where. As as we know in real life, as we know in real life, the um, the uh, what do you call them? The Marines. Fucking, I can't think of it. The Marines <laughs> were the, the the last few people left after they got everyone in, and they were just they were still looking for more um, uh, IEDs and stuff like that, and weapons of mass destruction. So they let and uh, John Kinley had a squad and something. This is all happens in the first five minutes. He loses a lot of his squad, so he has to get a new interpreter. And it's it's Ahmed. He's a guy called Ahmed, played by Dar Salim. and he used to uh, he used to work for Afghanistan. Is the the baddies, quote unquote, baddies. And it's all about. It, it, then it just becomes a story about how two men from opposing sides have to start learning to respect each other, especially because wartime is such a weird thing, isn't it? It's Who's allies? Who's friends? Who's foes? Blah blah blah, and it becomes this. It starts off really like black art down, like guns, guns, blah 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 blah, blah, blah shooting. Out. Then it becomes a, a a film about survival and just getting over odds that are just set against you. And I'm not going to spoil much of it because if I spoil the most of the plot, there's no point because it's it's just fucking sensitive. It's not the film you think it's going to be. It's not a war right. film. It's just set at war, and. The, I, I saw a review of a, of a day on IMDb and it says Guy Ritchie's made the best two films and put them into one film that anyone could possibly it, it's like two separate films that's how good it is there's a clear where the film could have ended and then it carries on it's about two and a half hours long I think something like that but it's just fucking sensational we've, got, we've also got some good um, co-stars we've got a little bit of Johnny Lee Miller with his terrible airline he's in it uh, we've got <laughs> We've got a little sprinkle of Anthony Starr from um, Homelander. Oh. Um, it's just, I think this is going to be talked about like we do talk about them older, because 2000s had some of the best war films we've ever seen, didn't it? Just ban yeah. on. Because technology got better and war was like the hot topic. This respects everything about the conflict. It respects everything about either side. Because it's Guy Ritchie, remember, he's not American, so he's not doing that. Jingoistic stuff. Yeah. And it's just, it's brutal when it needs to be brutal. It's heartfelt when it needs to be heartfelt. And I was crying my eyes out by the end. It's just, it's fucking sense. I, I know you can tell I love it, but I really loved it. That's good. It's not my film at year, but it's fucking there, mate. It's, it's very fucking close. It sounds like for it's me uh, to, out of Guy Ritchie's comfort zone as well, isn't it? This is, I, I am looking forward to what Guy Ritchie can do now. If he can do this, as well as do the classics like Lockstock and Snatch and stuff like that, and The Gentleman, he still got that. He can still do that whenever he wants. But now we know he can do this. This is like Spielberg level stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is this is high tier fucking directing. Cinematography is fantastic, and the acting is just honestly, it's it's, oh, it's just fucking brilliant. I think it's on 
Prime. I can't remember which one I watched it on it. Prime. On one of the free, yeah, one of the free ones. It's just, please just put a couple of hours aside and watch it. Uh, The Covenant, it's so fucking good. Bigger, you'll fucking love it. I know you'll love love stuff like this. Yeah, cool. It's just fantastic. And Stiggs, you're going to adore it because it's just a film, a film's film. It's brilliant. Please watch it. Please watch it. Anyway, speaking of films, I'm sure you two are chomping at the bit to fucking (laughs) talk about this next film. Mm. Well, who wants to lead? That might not have been your film of the year, but this is certainly my film of the year. Excellent. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out this week. Um, yeah. And yeah, like Biggie's touched on already, it's doing pretty well because it's fucking amazing. It's yeah. absolutely... <laughs> Pun intended. Incredible. Um, so, obviously, you know, when 2018's Into the Spider-Verse came out, it felt like something we'd never seen before in animation. Uh, they just kind of... Ex- experimented with loads of weird shit and different animation styles and the way it was using the different kind of um, frames per second and everything like that, like blending all that together and had this amazing story of Miles Morales kind of finding himself and becoming Spider-Man. And this is carrying on from that. It takes place 60 months after the events of Into the Spider-Verse. So Miles has been around now, kind of the protector of uh, his corner of New York. Uh, it's Brooklyn, isn't it? He's, he's in. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And one day, his new a new enemy, the Spot, arrives. Who is They've done the Spot? The Spot. Yeah. yeah. So he is kind of born out of happenings from Into the Spider Verse. Things that kind of happened behind the scenes that you didn't see, and yeah, kind of shit goes wrong, and the Spot gets free into the multiverse. And we find out that Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099 has a big kind of team of Spider-Men who deal with multiversal anomalies. And in comes uh, Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, Peter B. Parker, Spider-Man, and a whole slew of new Spider-Men. This is clever. And Miles kind of gets... This is the plot from um, Madam Web. Madam Web's arc. This is clever. So, yeah, Miles kind of gets pulled into all that and unlike the original into the spider-verse this that just took place in my that was just different characters different art styles within miles's world wasn't it now this goes to different places so we get to see glimpses of other multiverses within this and all that kind of different art styles you get a lot more backstory regarding gwen stacy you get to see her world you get to see how that's drawn and, and and it's completely different to how Miles's world looks and all these other fancy worlds that come that come together. And yeah, I just think that it's they've taken this concept and they've just upped the ante and experimented more. And it's just incredible. We now have um, Spider Punk is in this. Um, we have Indian Spider Man uh, Pavita <laughs> pra- Prabhaka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's awesome that's awesome and yeah uh, so yeah we've got um, what's his name Daniel Kaluuya's playing uh, Hobie Brown Spider-Punk and yeah it's just the music the animation the story it, it takes it takes its time to actually tell a story in between all the flashbang action yeah I do have this like conflict with Miles and his parents going on and also the kind of 
there's issues around miles that I won't get into because because it's spoiler territory, but it takes its time to focus on the characters rather than it's not just action, 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 action. It slow it can slow down to like real proper um like conversations and stuff like that. And yeah, man, it's it's so fast paced. Yeah. And you kind of need a breather. And those yeah. touching moments are perfectly planned to give you that breather between the next big sort of set piece. It's just very cleverly done. It really, is, yeah. Really and the set piece is just, they are relentless. Like, it's sensory overload. Like, you know, kids will love this, but if you did have kids who kind of can't deal with a lot of sound and a lot of flashy things all at once, just kind of, you know, beware on that front. Yeah. Um, maybe wait till it comes out at home before you take him to go see it. But if you can handle just, everything just flying at you a thousand miles an hour then it's incredible and just it's so but it's so seamless even though it moves so fast paced and the music that's keeping up with it the music is incredible as well like the score just keeps paced with all the action as good as the first one yeah. you don't miss stuff it's not too fast and it's not too blurry like you know you get with some uh, live action cgi battles you, you can kind of miss stuff can't you because it's so yeah. fast mm. You don't miss anything on this. You, you you see it all. It's there. It's beautifully drawn. All the different kind of versions. And like Spider-Punk is, the way they did him is incredible. And they, yeah. apparently it took him ages to try and get it to work within that world because he's drawn and um, moves completely different. Like he's constantly changing the frames per second. The way he moves yeah. is constantly changing it within himself, not just within the world that he's in. It's a technical mar- marvel to be honest i mean it, it literally this is already the winner for next year's oscar because there's nothing beating this at all um won't it get slammed for being a superhero film though no the last one won that's true very true this is good enough that I'll... it should be in the best picture film for me Not yeah just, rather yeah, than just animated yeah I, yeah I totally agree with that and because the performance i can't wait so to see it as well the, the, yeah. the vocal performances the acting is fantastic with everybody that was in the first one. I assume they all return with the same voices. They're all they're all really good. Um, animation is just nothing short of incredible, like Stig says. Um, there's loads of Easter eggs. There's loads oh, of cameos. So many. I'm not revealing anything. Um, and the spot getting is really funny because I just read literally the other week. I've been reading through a bit of Spider-Man comics on my phone, and uh, I read the the issue that the spot's origin is in. Not realizing that yep. he was the villain in this, I had no idea. So it's really interesting. I remember the spot. It's a good nods to uh, the spot. And the first fight with him is really clever, really funny. And he's a shit villain. He's absolutely shit. You just think he's just this throw-in villain to get the story going and then somebody else will turn up. But then, yeah, the way they they turn his arc as well, it's Mm. great. Honestly, it's so good. I'm just absolutely blown away by it. It's my favourite film of the year so far. Like Biggie says, the, the the voice acting in it is incredible. There's so much heart and emotion within it. Like yeah. uh, Shamik Moore, just he's so good as Miles. Like just these moments it. in it, like little speeches and kind of he has these one on one this moment with Oscar Isaac Spider Man um, during a during a kind of a big set piece and stuff. And it's just yeah, it. it I've really seen a lot you. of. Um... Twitter backlash about people saying just get off the Miles hype train I'm like why are you so against this fucking awesome character it's not a new character this is you know what I mean this is a 20 year old (laughs) character at this point now this is a fucking 
it, yeah. it reinvigorated Spider-Man for me when I started reading Miles Morales. Yeah, like I, it, it I changed only, the game. It's the for only me. comic I've read, and I really enjoyed it. And I love, I prefer Miles in the games. Uh, both his animated it, films it's now, and better. Peter Parker's got his place still. He's just the older Spider-Man. He's still allowed yeah. to have his place, and it's the the the, the bounce off each other perfectly in the books and stuff like that. Yeah, and I just hate how people are just on his back, and we know why. I'm not going to say why. We know why people are on his back, but he's fucking grow up. He's fucking. He's, such a sensational character and again reinvigorated a 70 year old character perfectly they mm. tried they tried reinvigorating Spider-Man in the 90s and it never worked because they let Todd McFarlane have a go at it mm. and it just it just turned into edgelord Spider-Man do you think it's alright to mention the end Stig the, the very last oh. second oh the... uh, this is a well I mean in so much so that this is a two parter so <laughs> oh we knew that we, we I knew had that no already. idea yeah, I had no oh, idea. I, so. I, we knew that. We, we, they said that that. What's the next one? Beyond, beyond the Spider Verse or something. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Luckily, really that, that doesn't come out till that comes out in March, so we don't have long to wait. Really, it's not like we're going to be waiting two or three years. There's a nice. Oh, apparently, already this is the, one of one of the. Sorry, it's one already one of the longest animated films ever made. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. It's, it's a long movie. It's 140 minutes. minutes. Yeah, but it's really funny because right at the end, when you get the big build up, and then it goes to be continued. Literally, as that happened and the film ended, somebody in the cinema shouted out, "What?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even realise that it was ending. It's there. because they've not I, done I, like I to be fair. originally. It was called Across the Spider Verse Part One, but then yeah. they changed that. They took the Part One out of it. Um, so I was sat there thinking, "This is. I know this is a. I was like, I'm pretty sure this is a one parter, but it seems to be. It's been going on a while now, and it's not wrapping up. Yeah. And then it kind of wraps up to be continued. Like, okay." But he does all this like really cool stuff. Um, all these like comic flashes in there as well. So because Spider Punk's like proper landan, like he, he throws in. Co- <laughs> oh, is it is it the English one? Yeah, he, oh, he, fro- yeah, yeah. he throws in like Cockney rhyming slang, and then it'll pop up on the screen in like a little comic book box. Saying, is it the Spider Man with the uh, denim jacket, leather jacket yeah, with spikes yeah. on his? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that one. And he's like, all right. And then it'll tell you them. tell you what the, what really it means. Good. And then like they have transition scenes which are like show like a comic book front and 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 the, the all the different Spider Men. Like it's it, it's amazing. Like, I'm sure there's there's like being said, there's loads of references to other Spider Men that you will know that general public will know, comic book readers will know, and then they've just obviously clearly just thrown in some absolutely batshit. Made their own up. Funny ones, yeah. 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 The Indian one is brilliant. He gets his own introduction with the, the very quick, this is how I became Spider-Man, and it's a very quick intro, with the, yeah. very like, much like the first movie. It's very well done. Is there more than three multiverses in this? Because that's the standard Marvel have set for us so far with uh, Doctor Strange. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to take... More than three multiverses. There is more than three. Some of them are fleeting, but um, yeah, there is. But keep in mind, obviously, this does kind of bring Miles back to a lot of the story at the beginning. I'd rather the take, first hour I'd, takes I'd, place in Miles's like yeah. own universe. I'd rather have just being facetious. <laughs> a, a, a few, a few <laughs> spare moments in multiverses than one quantum realm. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I said to I, I messaged Stiggy straight after I'd seen it, and I said, I just want to see it again straight away. And there's not many movies. Well, you should have I turned around say. and gone back in. I'd love to have done. To be yeah. fair, that's encouraging because that's how I felt when I saw the first Spider Verse film. Like, I, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd bought it digitally 
because I didn't get a chance to see it at the cinema because of things going on at, at the time. And I bought it digitally when it came out, and I watched it, and then I immediately started it over again. I would. I've only seen the original one once. I I I, and I, lo- I, lo- I loved it. I would say make a trip to the cinema to see this. It's incredible. I can't. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can. You can. I can't. And I'll say this right now. You know how Kevin Feige has the keys to the MCU and James Gunn has the DCEU? Yeah. Lord and Miller should be given the Sony Spider-Verse. Just give them the keys. Say, <clears throat> you are the heads of the Sony Spider-Verse. Sort our fucking shit films out. <laughs> you, I you guys, like there is a Spider Verse. I think it's it shouldn't shouldn't be a thing. I know, but it, they own it all, and they're doing all these spin offs. You've got two guys here who are the writers and executive producers of these these two films, and they produced the two best Spider Man films, in my opinion, and two of the best comic book films ever. Why? Into the Spider Verse, easily best Spider Spider Man film I've seen. This is better, easily. Yeah, oh, that's good. That, I, I that, think that, if they nail this for the the third one, then it'd be like best yeah. trilogy ever. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm, why not, can I'm you not, not a massive Spider-Man fan, but I, I I like when they get the essence of the books right. Yeah, Sam Raimi didn't. Maybe he, he kind of did in Spider-Man Two, and Mark Webb didn't. <laughs> yeah, but what what I'm saying is like if you have if you want to do all these Spider spin-offs and Spider-Verse movies in Sony. You've got two guys there who are writing your characters properly. Use yeah. them. So, mm. yeah, yeah, incredible film. Best film of the year so far. Going to yeah. really be tough to beat it. Cool, cool, cool. A great week for films and games, apart from so. XCOM Legends. Let's move on <laughs> to our first um, main topic. <sighs> Last of the last, well, it's not the last, but it's the last month of themes Topics. topic. It's positivity. It's executive produced by Angry Kurt, and it's we've what we've affectionately called living up to the hype. Did it live up to the hype? Let's see. Did it? Um, well, let's go typical round table. Let's do this. Um, Gadget, did it live up to the hype? Uh, so I, it took me a while to think about this one because uh, I, I don't, I, I'm not that bad at getting sucked into hype trains. Um, Here you are. I orig- no, I'm I'm bad at getting sucked into FOMO. That's different. Um, <laughs> Same man. <laughs> the, the the my first thought was I was maybe going to talk about the Steam Deck because I originally wasn't going to get one. Then I played on Stigs and I was just like, oh shit, this is really fucking good. Um, <laughs> hype, 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 lots of hype on that one. But actually, the one that, that, that I, and then I was going to talk about, talk about Succession, but mm-hmm. um, so I thought about something that people. I remember people talking about a lot and uh, people going crazy on it. We've talked about a lot on this, actually, and it's one of those ones that I tell people, this is the greatest thing in the world, you should play it, uh, Disco Elysium. Yeah, and I'm not going to go same. into too much... I'm not going to go into too much detail on it because, again, we've talked this game to death. Um, but I remember when the conversation came out about it, it was, it was 2019 it came out. And, like, I'd not heard about it because I, I kind of was... I don't know. I don't know. I think I was quite busy with a lot of stuff, so I wasn't really doing much gaming at the time. Um, but I remember seeing a lot of stuff coming out, like Eurogamer and PC Gamer and stuff like that. Like people going mad about this game, and they say, "Oh, it's a return of CRPGs. It's like the most incredible story, beautiful art style, all, all the stuff." I remember the storm, bre- the hype storm brewing up quite rapidly. Actually, yeah, and, yeah, and I thought it was weird because this was a game that had no kind of marketing push or hype, but like it was all kind of word of mouth stuff from reviews. It had no pedigree either. 
no, brand I new studio. ETX under a different name. I think it was yes, just a, it, it was, was just, a different name. It was just Elysium for a while, wasn't it? Something, yeah, something like that. I think I didn't. I think it had another name before that as well. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was called at EJ. Yeah, it was different. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember. I remember. I remember the early the early views of it. And there was there was town no combat. There's no combat in this. I was like, <laughs> how can you how can you make this work? But then I remember all the games I played. Oh, it was it was it was on co- PC back in the day. It's a little bit of combat. Yeah, it was a little bit. <laughs> it was originally called No Truce with the Furies. That's, That's the one. That's yeah. it. Uh, and then they changed it yeah. to Disco, then Elysium, then Disco Elysium. Yeah, uh, which made way, it's way better title, Disco It's a way better title, especially, especially you know, because you play, you play a Disco Superstar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, at least at least I did when I played it. Um, well. But yeah, it, yeah, it was one of those games, that it came out of absolutely nowhere, had no pedigree. Yeah, it was at EGX, but it was, it was a little bit like when the first Witcher game came out, you know, it, it was just like a small studio bringing a computer saying, hey, look at that thing. Um, it's shit. <laughs> and it took me well into the pandemic to actually play it. It was like, well, maybe it was late summer of 2020. Um, I, feel like, I feel like you were chatting about that when we were chatting about Last of Us 2. Yeah, it was about that time that it came out. Actually, that I feel I feel I like because we were all like saying, "This is so sad and brutal." And you're like, "I'm having a whale of a time over here." <laughs> <laughs> I've just beat up a crypto fascist. Um, yeah, <laughs> I recall. I recall that little uh, yeah caught me happening between. It was chattings. yeah. It was one of the it, it was like I say it was in the depths of the pandemic. So you know, I was playing a lot more games, like trying to find stuff to do. Um. And I started playing this game, and it would be like I'd come up and start playing at like ten o'clock at night, just I think you know have an hour before bed, and then it's like four in the morning, and the sun's starting to come up, and I was like, oh, shit! It like it's a it proper just drags you in. The writing is incredible. Uh, it is. Kim Kitsuragi is best boy. <laughs> See, that's the only thing I've got with the hype. Everyone loves Kim Kitsuragi. I didn't fall in love with Kim Kitsuragi as much as everyone else did. Like, I love the character, but I didn't fall in love with him like everyone else. Maybe That's I just had hard. a bad time because you're dead inside. <laughs> no, I just, I, I, you know, I love the game. I, I I've played it three times, He's a but great Kim Kitsuragi never just never, it never hit me like everyone yeah. else. It's, I, I, I the think game, I, the game I, hit. I think as well, the game caught me at a time I was kind of unaware because obviously again during the pandemic, everyone's a little bit vulnerable and everyone's mental health at that time was getting a bit frayed because we'd been in lockdown for so long. It caused um, me to start a podcast. I hated it. I know. It's the worst thing in the world for you. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I just kind of connected with it. And it's it's one of those few games. Like Most of the time when I finish a game, I'm fine. I'm done with it. I'm good. I enjoyed it. I, I, like, I don't usually mind what ending I get in a game, Like as long as I get an ending. Um, this one, I purposefully put the work in to get the most out of the game. Like I went the far end of the far to get as much content out of that game as possible because I didn't want it to end. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it absolutely lived up to the hype for me. It's just an absolutely wonderful game, and we bang on about it three or four times a year. And I'm going to keep banging on about it until every single person has played it because it's available on really, everything now. I really like how accessible it is to play on a console. Yeah, they've done really well with it with the controller controls. The PS5 version I've got. <sighs> soundtrack is amazing too. Oh yes, yeah, Sea Power yeah. soundtrack is. Yeah, I never, I never listen to a podcast while playing it, which is great for me. Really great. I mean, it, it's almost like listening to an audiobook when you actually play it, if you, especially if you play the console version. It's still fully voiced now. Um, no, it wasn't, it was, it wasn't voiced when I played it, apart from the odd line. It's even, it's even really good and optimised on Switch. 
yeah, it's it's miraculous how it just yeah that definitely lived up to the hype. It is, and I, I was there scoffing, going, "I like to fight and I like to see numbers in my games." There was numbers in this game. There was numbers luckily. in the game. You didn't see many of them, but you, you were there. No, and, but there was numbers. As, as Stick said, there was a couple of moments of combat. Yes, yes, a few from <laughs> what I recall. I've only, I've only really played trying it. Trying to punch a 10-year-old boy. I've only finished it <laughs> twice. I've played trying it three to fly times. I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't finished it. I've not got all the endings. I've never looked up the endings because I, I, like, I want to know them myself. I am due another playthrough of that, I think. I'm going to play it again, but this time I put all my stats because I, I was it. like, oh, it's a detective game. Oh, surely I've got to be kind of put the stats Intelligent. into intelligence and and, nah. and seeing the world, you know, pulling things from the world around you, like, and stuff. I was like, next time I play it, I'm going full hard bastard. I'm going to take all the drugs in the game and just go fucking full disco with it. Yeah, I, <laughs> so I, I played it. That's, I, that was my first playthrough. <laughs> I, I, I ended up going half disco, so I do need a full disco thing. Yeah. I, was, I, I was getting my shit together while still taking a lot of drugs. <laughs> my favourite early life. scene is still when you... Uh, argue with the bartender about your tab and you end up trying to fight him and you end up fly kicking the person in the wheelchair if I remember oh, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you try and run away and you like you do a leap back with your fingers up that's like that, it yeah. and you crash into a woman <laughs> in a wheelchair <laughs> I, I died at the tie on the fan I still, I, I, I still like the first conversation you have with another character is where, is where you meet the, you meet the, uh, the, the woman on, um, on the balcony of the hotel. Balcony. Yeah. yeah, and and like and and you get you get down the conversation line. You just hung over the fuck, and you kind of, and um and the 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 line the, the the line says in the dialogue box to choose like um, uh, ask her out or something like that. And the line that comes out of Harry is, "Would you like to make fuck with me?" Yes, and I fucking howled laughing at that. I've seen that T-shirt in the wild. I've seen that, and I was, I went, and I pointed, and he pointed back at me, and we both went. Uh, we knew, we knew. They're they're the kind of gaming merch I would wear. Yeah, definitely, I would wear that T-shirt. But he probably made it himself, didn't it? Probably. But yeah, great, great pick. If you got more, we'll circle back round. Um, and we've got more for the green room as well. First one I want to say that really lived up to it. There's a bit of a story to it. So Grand Theft Auto Vice City was a game that really changed how I started playing games. Because Exceptional game. At that time, I was playing JRPGs. I know, weird that for me. Never and heard. I wasn't interested in these, these 3D Adventure games, action games, and I didn't like Grand Theft Auto 3 at all. I know. Whoa, what wow. a horrible bastard I am. Vice City changed that for me. I fucking adored every second of it. And then the hype cycle started kicking in for a little game called Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And I was there thinking, oh, it can't be, can't be good. And then it was like, then I was finding out, oh, it's set in the early 90s and it's um, gangster rap and we've got uh, Blood Crips and stuff like that. I'm like, I really, I, I love that time in history. I mean, I'm glad I didn't live there, but I love that type of time <laughs> in history. I wouldn't have lasted two minutes. But, and the hype was kicking in. And, and then this is back in the day when people were reading magazines and stuff in playgrounds and stuff and telling me, one of my mates got Play Magazine, we'll play, we'll play a magazine. I'm yeah, play, sure. yeah, play it was a magazine, yeah. yeah. That's the that's that's what I remember in my head, and he's like, "Look at this! They've released the map, and then it kicked in big style." I was like, "How can they do this on this platform? How can they make such a vivid map of a state of San Andreas? Because it's supposed to be California, isn't it?" Yeah. 
the full state. How can the how can this work? And it came around, and I remember the week before, I was so like, I was shaking, with anticipation, like shaking. I can't cope. I can't cope. I can't deal with. It. I didn't have my own money then, so I had to. I was getting it bought for me. Luckily, uh, we bought it from Blockbusters because rem- people forget they still sold games as well. Yeah, they did. Didn't have to just rent them. And we got it from there, and Blockbuster was down bottom of my street. And I remember running home with it. I tripped up and smacked my chin and cut my chin open. I've got a scar on my chin with it. And even though I cut my chin and the blood gushing and I patched it up, I still managed to put the disc in and play about three hours of the game. <laughs> <laughs> until my mum's like, until my mum's like, yeah, let's go get that stitched up at the doctor's, you know, the walk-in clinic. Yeah. And I was, and, and for that summer, I was just San Andreas. All. It, it lived up to every. I didn't ex. I, I wasn't ready for how good they could do. This is on the PS2 and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? I mean, at that time, it was biggest console ever. But it just blew my mind. I, I think people forget how much of a massive shift and turn it was for a series. How big and how much intricate things there were. You, you could you could have a big fat Carl. You could have a big uh, muscly muscly Carl. You could have a skinny Carl. There was so much you could do. You could go to the gym. You could go to dates. You could. Tattoos, there was so much you could do. Yeah, there was Shopping. so much. I was just lost in this world swimming. for so long. You didn't drown. Swimming, for yeah, you could swim. BMX. The first vehicle you you play you you, you ride is BMX, and it's like they never <laughs> did anything like that. And it was just, and it's it was it was perfect at the time, and I, I think it absolutely lived up to all that hype, and it deserved. At that point, it then turned Rockstar to me into the ones to watch. They are the they are the the bosses of their own universe. You know what I mean? Yep, Grand Theft Auto Four. In hindsight, let me down a little bit, but the DLC for Grand Theft Auto 4, some of the best content content they've ever produced. Gay Tone is yeah, the Ballad of Gay Tone is sensational, incredible. I still enjoy it, and it wouldn't. I I I still enjoyed it, but it wouldn't. Gay Tone wouldn't have existed without Grand Theft Auto 4, so I still respect that as well. And five, I've still never completed five, and I should. I I really should. Yeah, but five's just everything, isn't it? It's more than just that one little game. It's everything else, right? And I just think. In in general, Rockstar live up to the hype. I can't think of a massive miss since San Andreas. Can you? No. No. You're going to say it just hit. Red, I mean, Red, I, I, Red Dead 2 was just... Yeah. That lot lived up to the hype. Warriors. They did the Warriors, yeah. didn't they? I loved the Warriors. Mm. I never played game. Red Dead 1, so it wasn't like I had any attachment to the, to the characters. It was just like, this is... Looks incredible. Yeah. This huge open world. Yeah. Like... Um, Western and yeah, that, that game is incredible. The so I think, I think, I think they live, they live up to the hype so much. And San Andreas, well, the like Vice City came out of nowhere for me. I didn't expect so. I bet there was a hype cycle because I know people loved three. I didn't love three. I liked there, one there, and two. There wasn't so much a hype cycle because it came out literally twelve months after three. Yeah, just bang! It's yeah. this fucking amazing game with the best soundtrack ever made. Yeah. So, but there wasn't a chance for a hype cycle. Like it, I think it was yeah. like it was at E three that year. And then there were some trailers leading up to it, but basically it was just like, hey, you like Grand Theft Auto 3? Buy this! And then it yeah, was like... It's colourful! Yeah, Woo! and there was like two and a bit years yeah. until San Andreas, and that, that that's when they built the hype. What I loved about I'm San Andreas was, you know, the the, 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 the production values went up, you know, that's like Samuel L. Jackson did a voice in it, and there were a load of celebrities in it. Yeah. Um, but I liked the fact that you could drive from Los Santos all the way around to... The uh, Las Venturas, San, San Fierro, and yeah, Las Venturas without loading screens, which is without an impressive thing for a PS fucking two. 
Like I know it's got fog. I know it's got fog, but we didn't yeah. see fog then, did we? We didn't see it. <laughs> no, it, you know, like if you go back and play it now, it's a bit foggy. Although you should not go back and play the fucking remastered versions that came out. I last, haven't. Yeah, I, I haven't touched them. Now. I think they're fixed. But mm. wouldn't trust I mean, us. I, I would. Lo- if <laughs> I were to, to play one of those, of the game. <laughs> if I were, if I were to play one of those remasters, I'd play San Andreas because that's the one that I've got such. F- I just you you, you want to understand it? Vice City for me. I just I. I loved that game. Vice City so is incredible. Vice City is incredible, and it's got the better soundtrack. But there's something about San Andreas that's just—I get why they went back to that state for five. Because I bet a lot of people were the same as me. Perfect age. I weren't old enough to play it, but still perfect age to play it. <laughs> and do you know what it did for me as well? Their comedy. Their their. their yeah. It was British style comedy set in America. They understood sarcasm, which I'd not seen in games. They had Danny fucking. Dyer on it, or whatever he's called, Danny Dwyer, whatever he's called. He were in it, weren't he? He's that fucking English guy, and they did. They just. I know. You, you, I used to listen to Laszlo nonstop, even though I'd heard him <laughs> constantly going on. I fucking. I, I just. I would. I just. Oh, that game. Is like so the, the evolution of special. Like the evolution of uh, Laszlo. Like they, you kind of start. You start hearing <laughs> in GTA Three, and it just kind of appears throughout each game. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was in, I'm pretty in, sure in, like in, in five, five, five is X Factor. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's something different, like nearly every time. <laughs> yeah. Like, is it, is it, isn't he like a fucking Alex Jones type by, by five? I think so. No, he, he, he's running X Factor, and and, uh, oh, and um, thing his daughter goes into audition, and he's trying to shag her, and so <laughs> Michael Michael tries to kill Laszlo. It's fucking great. Oh no! Oh no! It was it, it was four where Laszlo becomes the fucking conspiracy radio. Host. Yeah, conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he does. Yeah, he does. It's just I don't know. There's something about Rockstar as well, and and now I'm starting to get more hype for six. The cycle's kicking in for me. It's it's weird the hype cycles kicked off so much when there's nothing official out there other than a logo to say yes we are actually. But we know it's not going to be bad. We can't. It can't be bad. It just can't be. It must be such a struggle for them to just go. Five has everything, and it's massive. (laughs) One of the biggest games of all time. Like what the fuck do we do? I think what they yeah. I, I think what they'll probably end up doing is doing six will be a sto- like single player story campaign thing, and they're going to splinter off GTA Online to its own thing a little bit. Like uh, fair enough, five does Activision that, did with Warzone. Yeah, yeah fair I enough. Let them, let them do what they want. Let them do what they want. But I just yeah, that fucking San Andreas. It was it was special time, special place for me. I know I'm a bit well, I'm only like a year younger than Stig, but I'm younger than like Biggie especially. Biggie <laughs> Biggie was a man when that came out. Always comes. <laughs> you know, he had sex. I was listening you know, to that music, sex. and they had it in the game. You were there. You were there at South Central Los Angeles in person in the nineties. <laughs> he's, he, he, but he, yeah, well, he's in the witness protection program. He's the cop that set off the Rodney King riots. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's the take. Stig, save us from this madness. Um, I've just made a little a, li- a list, a load of stuff here. I've got a list, but I, I thought I'll I'd read on, more, on more of them out for the patrons. Yeah, but um, so TV. These were like stuff that I, I kind of done what you've done and gone off other people's hype rather than the hype I was getting for something yeah. I knew was coming out because there's just too mm. much of that to go into. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> yeah, ones that I didn't start and other people were hyping up, which I ended up loving. Breaking Bad. Um. We've talked yep. talk about it. 24 apps never did start 24 to start with and jumped in on that late and did you know yeah and then went back and kind of carried what started from the beginning i fucking love 24 yeah. game of thrones i watched 24 when, when we used to have sky 
Remember Scar? Yeah, yeah. Used to be on BBC. First two series were on BBC, BBC yeah. I did it on Sky One when we used to yeah, play for did I tell you, Sky. Did I tell you what happened with my parents in 24? So I saw it on Jack the... Bauer got kidnapped them. and Jack Bauer saved them. <laughs> so, no, I had the box set. So I gave them the box set and uh, they whacked in, you know, the first disc with whatever hours for the first. And then they put in the wrong disc and they started watching it from like... So they skipped like, hours. Eight hours later, they're like, what the hell's going on? I heard this story. I heard this story from someone else recently, (laughs) like similar story that he was talking about. He'd lent, I can't remember who it was or what podcast was, but they'd lent 24 to their work colleague and they watched the first episode, took the disc out and put the next disc in. And obviously each disc had like four hours on. Yeah. And so it skipped ahead and he was just like, he he, he messaged me and goes, it doesn't make any sense. It keeps skipping ahead. And he's like, have you changed the disc after every episode? He was like, yeah. It's like, no, that's, there's more than one episode on per day. This is, the, this is that's, it's similar to what I did last year. I mentioned it on the podcast when I watched Vikings. I watched the whole of season two before one. I didn't realise that I weren't watching the first season. Hey, nothing will be as bad as me listening to the third book of a trilogy and not realising until right at the Jeez. end. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's worse. Uh, it, but it made sense. It still made sense. That was the weird thing. Yeah. Because of the way, Same with Vikings. It, just the way he'd written it, it just it it was just the way he'd written it. it kind of like, oh yeah, all that stuff happened in the past, and we're now here. But it wasn't. That was the stuff that had happened in book one and two. Anyway, <laughs> we're not here for that. Uh, Succession. I've been absolutely loving that this last oh, week. Yeah. Um, I'm smashing through it. Uh, a biggest one on TV is Shit's Creek because I didn't watch any of that when great any so of that good. when it came out and it when it finished. It was Gadget that had talked it up. And we were like, we're gonna, should we watch this? Uh, me and Kate, and we absolutely loved it. And I, I, I'm tempted to go back and watch it again because I keep watching, like, I, I listened to that um, Shrink the Box uh, the other week and they talked about um, talked about Shit's Creek on there. Uh, David and Alexa. And they just kept putting clips in there and I was just sat at my desk <laughs> laughing. I was just like, it's just <laughs> making me want to go back and watch that, that show. It. It's a good show. Actually, actually good to show. be fair, Shit's Creek is good for Positivity Month because it's a very positive show overall. Yeah. yeah. Just despite what's happening. Yeah, like it's a very uplifting program. And it just it deals is. with like, like Gadget said, it deals with issues and things and just in such a good way, like just the way that it handles uh, like sexuality of, of David and, and things like that. It's just done so well. It's so well yeah. written in between all that. It's because, it's, it's because David's sexuality and that isn't a plot point. No, that's why. It, well, it, no, but it is a plot point at one point. But yeah, it, it other is a lot of like you know a love it's not, story. But like, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not, not the be all end all. Yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's just a, that's a gay man. That's it. Considering the considering they're like, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. what is kind of meant to be like this small backwater town. No, yeah. no one makes any kind of issue yeah. about it, which is really yeah. kind of yeah. good to see because so many shows would just go the easy route of. Or local homophobe or whatnot, yeah. and they're just yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just really well done. And like I say, in between all that kind of stuff, you have Moira just being absolutely batshit crazy. Um, <laughs> she is in which sensational character. My children, my children. Oh man, the wedding <laughs> episode as well. Like, oh, <laughs> she's just actually, a great actually, character actor in general. Yeah. Anyway, isn't yeah. She? Actually, actually, that's 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 a show that people need to put up there with like one of the most satisfying endings of a show as well. Like it just ends so perfect. Oh, it does. Yeah, I fucking like the love that as well. And then they did like yeah, that I, I, um, 
little documentary, our documentary, yeah, didn't it, about too. it afterwards. Really it was good. like... I was yeah. dehydrated from crying so by the end good. Of So good, so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, Shit's Creek is one that people hyped up. It, it got all the awards. Everyone was talking about it, and that certainly lived up to the hype. It's absolutely incredible. Um, a, f- a few films. Like the, I'm just going to name off these films that I'm not talking about ones that, because a lot of great films came out before I was born or I was too young to watch them. Eventually, I just got around to watching them. You weren't them. in that circle. Yeah, but these are ones where I probably should have watched them by that by later on in life. But people kept saying they're amazing films; you have to watch them. And ones that Jaws, Jaws lived up to the hype. Took me so long to. I only watched Jaws for the first time a few years ago. And incredible yeah, he film. Watched it this week, didn't he? Yeah, they watched it for the never watchers. So I, I remember exactly how old I was when I watched Jaws for the first time, and where I was. I was in Skegness, and I was exactly seven because I watched it on my birthday. Then you didn't go swimming. In a, in a <laughs> Did that fuck go swimming? Did that fuck? I wouldn't even want swimming baths. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel it. like that's one I should have watched when I was like growing up. You know, like I caught on to stuff like Aliens and Terminator and, and that kind of stuff that it should have been one that I caught as I was growing up and it just took me till later on in life and to the point where everyone's saying, this is one you have to watch. Similar with The Thing. Yeah. Again, like that, that lived up to the hype. Uh, two thousand one. How old were you, old were you when you watched the thing? Then late. Um, within the last within the last five years. Wow! Mm. I watched it as a child. Yeah, exactly. Me too. I sh- shouldn't have done. All of these are films I've watched within the last five years since about since I kind of started branching out and watching more things, which is about two thousand seventeen. So five six five six years. Uh, two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Love it. Incredible. Vertigo, Rear Window, and It's a Wonderful Life. Nice Have li- you seen Rope as well? Yep. Nice little Jimmy... Oh. Sh- and that as well. Yeah. All Jimmy Stewart films. I'm I'm making it my life's purpose to watch all of his films because he's amazing. He's fucking yeah. one of the best actors to grace this planet. Yeah, so good. And I will fight anyone that says he isn't. <laughs> Chinatown, despite the director... Um, Despite the director, it's a great film. It's a great film. Yeah, uh, Amadeus. It's one you need to watch. Yeah, it's great. I've still not seen it, and I can't believe it. Everyone's saying, "There you go. Watch it this week it's and come great. back and tell us did it live up to the hype." Trust me, you will. What's lo- it on? I'll find it. You will love it. I, I just, I, I can't imagine you coming away from that film and not loving it. I think you have. I know. I think the director's cut that knows me to watch. Yeah. Them. Yeah. People know me in real life saying, I, I watched Amadeus the other day, it reminded me of you. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just <laughs> I, I genuinely <laughs> if you came away from that film and went, I didn't love that, I like I've just pack it. Something wrong with Will. Something wrong, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it, I'll watch it tomorrow. Uh last I'm gonna blast through these last few uh, games. Uh The Last of Us and the Uncharted one to three. I didn't have a PS3, so I never got to play any of these until but you needed I, to get one to play it. Until I got PS4 and the remastered version, yeah. the trilogy came out. Once they came out and I played them, I saw what everyone else was saying about them. Yeah, like, especially the Last of Us. Not, absolutely incredible. Naughty Dog to me. Naughty Dog to me are on. They're on uh, Rockstar level. Yeah, the, yeah they're just the the gods. Set pieces and narrative writing, like they're just incredible. They they certainly lived up to the hype. Uh, I've already I talked about this on our um, Patreon special this for May where we did the PlayStation ranking. Yep, Astrobot VR. Yes, wouldn't have looked at that. At, there was a lot of hype. There wouldn't have looked at, at that at all if it weren't for the hype and it weren't for like 
the TCGS lads just absolutely blasting about how much, how amazing it was. I'd have bought my mm. PSVR helmet and I wouldn't have even probably looked at that. I don't yeah. know why. I just I would have looked at it and gone, nah, like I want to play like Resident Evil 7 and all this other stuff and shoot. I'm a man. And shooters in there. But that is generally the best VR game, one of the, the best VR game on PlayStation. Everyone, everyone I know that's played it said it's the favorite VR it's game. So I've good. Played. It's in my top three. It's incredible. Uh, a little game called Dragon's Quest 11. Someone kept hyping that up over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. Eventually, I played it, discovered that it's actually an incredible game. Um, 40 odd hours in now, still going. It's my dropping game. It's, it, Every now and again, I just drop it's... into it, play a few hours. Imagine imagine being a fan of the genre, the, 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 the series since the first Dragon Warrior when we got it over here. Um, and then waiting between um, nine, because we didn't get 10. So between nine and eleven, I was sat here shaking. <laughs> Every day, just load, just waking up and fresh and refresh. Is dragon? Is a new yeah. dragon's quest coming? I I got that day one, mate, and that lives up didn't, to every fucking hype. It's on my list. Didn't they just hype. announce a new Dragon Quest Monsters game or something like that? Yes. Even Dragon Quest Treasures is good, and no one talks about it. I'm I'm all up for Dragon Quest Twelve. I'm all in now, like, mate. That's how, do you know what I mean, like. I love it's so far from looking at a long time to get into 11. They've already said that 12's not turn-based as well at all. It's this full action RPG. I don't even mind like the turn-based on this. It, it works the way... Because the story's that good. It's the story and the environments and everything else. And I kind of like... I kind of let my characters do what they want. In small fights, yeah. I just let them fight. And then... In the, yeah, the, you should. And then the big fights, I then do the... Sh- strategies let the ai do the yeah and they're a bit more strategic on the bigger fights because if i just let ai do it you just lose so yeah. um but yeah it was a it was a kind of a oh, i'm just gonna play this to surprise oodles on that first yeah podcastle yeah. but then I ended up like putting 26 hours into it <laughs> <laughs> i've gone through the have whole... you beat it yet have you done it yet no I'm, I, again i drop in but yeah i'm it's a Probably game that you can drop in. It's not like you're going to forget the controls. <laughs> yeah, because I I'd not played it in ages, and then you uh, can play it in months apart. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's the game that I got it'll straight tell you exactly where it. you are in the story. It'll just do it. It's it's the best game ever made. <laughs> it's just, it really is. It's very so. good. It's very good. Considering then it's not it's a genre of games that I don't particularly like play. If 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 you if you only play one JRPG in your life, make it that one. <laughs> that's all I can say that's all I can say just make it that one um, so good last few sorry it's just a random list I'm just going through rather than Gentleman Bastards we've talked about that enough yep. on here uh, King 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 the King Killer Chronicles um, I remember hearing get these getting proper talked up about on the Empire podcast when they heard that they're potentially going to get made into a TV show looked into them review the reviews on them are outstanding. Proper massive, thick books. Um, you love a fantasy fucking oh, story, yeah. you, don't you? Um, this is like the story of a man called Quoth, Quoth and it's he kind of he's telling somebody his life story, and he's just it's just amazing. It frightens me how long it must take you to read them because you're a slow reader. I um audiobook these ones. <laughs> yeah, but I don't blame you, mate. I don't blame. The you. only problem is 2007 was book one. 2011 was book two. Oof. Still ain't got book three. Ooh. This is why I don't do them. That's why I don't do these fantasy No, that's stories. why I read the complete ones, the ones that are already complete. Go and read them because you know you've got an ending. 
definitely worth checking out. Gadget, I think you'd love it. Like the because like I've talked to you about it. Like the it's proper rules of magic in there, and there's a, a proper system and everything. And and it's about characters having to learn it rather than just being given it because of the chosen one. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's really really good, really well written. So- it's King Killer, yeah, King Killer Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles by uh, Patrick Rothfuss. The only problem is, just like George R. R. Martin, what the fuck's he doing? I actually got announced a week or two ago that he was writing something else. It's like, no, <laughs> get back to your main fucking series, please. <laughs> yeah, great, great books. Uh, and finally, Hamilton, massive hype on that. Absolutely loved it. It lived up to, extremely lived up to the hype, and Rocky Horror Picture Show. There you go. Oh, so good, so good, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Big it. Yeah. So this is a slow burner hype for me because Succession first started in 2018, first series. I remember hearing about the show, but just hearing it being a good TV show, but not thinking much more about it. And I'm sure. Possibly Tig, maybe mentioned it early on. Um, he was watching Kurt. it in our Discord. Kurt as well. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until Gadget mentioned it; he just started it. And I was like, and he was saying how good it was. So I was like, oh, I, I must jump on this because I do like my TV shows. Yeah. And this just gets added to. I mean, this is for me personally, but I think anyone else would agree that it's as good as The Wire, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, Game of Thrones. Is it's up there for fantastic well-written quality tv show and the fact that it's only four seasons is a success in itself because they've nailed the start the middle and the end and i'm not going to spoil anything at all uh, because i know obviously stiggy's watching it in a minute and i think um oodles is as well but it's just so good i binge watched this show in two weeks so that i caught up to the fact that I had to wait every week for the new oh, episodes yeah. to come out. Me, me, me and Pip caught I up. could not stop. We caught up to it with there being three episodes left to go, so like we binged through it about four weeks, and then we get to we get to like, you know, up, up with up with the, the the live audience. I'm like, oh shit, I've got to wait like six days for the next episode. No, I don't. I want to know. <laughs> well, I, it, I've got a question about it because you've seen it all now. When did it really get? Its- Claws into because I've seen season one full full now, and so, right, first usually I'm you, usually I'm rushing to see season two. And now I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm it's not like I'm not gonna see. It. I'm just not like maybe I'm just I'm just fucking soulless and I'm a husk it's, of a man. But it's, it's not just the quality of the writing; it's the performances. I think the actors are best things in it. Everyone involved, you know but the main cast are just fantastic, and Kieran Culkin. Oh, he's a standout for me. He is absolutely standout. And they're all so good, don't get me wrong. I I couldn't put a fault on any of the performances, really. But he just stands out. He plays his character just incredible. He makes me feel so uncomfortable and awkward whenever he's on screen because he's so unpredictable about how he's going to react to... The way he can't even sit in a chair properly just makes you awkward. He just plays it fantastic. And they were given... They've got the script, but they're given a bit of improv as well, so that if they want to go in a direction in the scene, then they just all go with it. It's just so good. I listened to the podcast for it as well, um, the interviews with everybody, and it was just fascinating to hear. And Kieran Culkin actually went for um, the character that Nicholas Braun got as Greg. Yeah, he went for Greg, yeah. 
he read for that and then realized can't handle greg him, <laughs> i cannot handle how awkward but again that, he's that. just as awkward and it's fantastic oh, the way he comes and he's like oh hi guys yeah yeah oh yeah um yeah but you know um oh. <laughs> and then like when he goes to hug people and it's that kind of like limp not actual proper hug yeah it's just like I'll just go away. In an That's interview so with him, he said that he got ready for the role by literally walking around areas like a shopping mall and he'd just join in on conversations of people he doesn't know, just stand there and listen. <laughs> and, then start, <laughs> and then start talking to them. And he would wait and see how long he could stay there for in the conversation before it got really awkward until people walked away from him as opposed to him leaving the conversation. Yeah. Um, but it, it's there's just a, there's, there's incredible. A, there's a... Uh, there's, a, there's a great moment of Greg's self-insertion in, in the in the last season. I'm not going to spoil what it is, um, uh, but like like Greg comes in, he kind of introduces himself, and the <laughs> the characters that he's talking to, they kind of sat down looking up at him, and they just look so confused by his entire existence. It's fucking brilliant because the like the, the 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 family kind of placates him. You know, he'll come over, he'll insert himself, come to go, oh, hi Greg, and they'll talk to him a little bit. But this lad, he's got no fucking time for him, and it's brilliant because he just absolutely tears him, a, tears a strip off him. It's great. Uh, I when we're Kieran with Rome, one of my favourite scenes with him. This is really early on as well. Is that he asks um, Greg over the phone to do him a favour and get some documents for him, and Rome just doesn't like dealing with people. And right? the conversation on the phone is basically him saying, "Yeah, I need a favour from you. Uh, thanks for doing that. Uh, appreciate it. Um, fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> It's just it's just brilliant delivery. It's just so awkward, and obviously yeah. Logan Roy's fantastic. The way that he swears at everybody is oh. really brilliant. I mean, I said it's it in the so Discord good. this week, but I, I don't think anyone delivers a fuck off better than him. Nope, no. Like, just <laughs> it's just amazing. His delivery of fuck off is just. <laughs> Uh, that, that clip of all of his fuck offs and different. I, mean, I can't wait to watch that once I finish the series. It's amazing. It's where, so where, good. Where, where like, the other thing about this thing? show, uh, episode seven, season two. Right. Okay. Okay. I watched episode six today. There's a there's a fuck off in the season three finale, which which I think yeah. I said the Discord. It's delivered like a fucking cannon, mm. and it's so good. <laughs> like yeah. even though you expect Logan to tell people to fuck off when he says it. It's really surprising because it's like, oh, it, he's because he's so angry at the time. It's so good. But the the script, the writing, is so brutal but funny. There's there's a lot of heart, particularly later on, as you'll find out uh, with relationships between certain people. Uh, it's just, it's oh, I was just riveted, man. And it delivers the ending, the generally the arcs for all the characters yeah, that you are invested in. It's just so well done, and it deserves all the plaudits everybody says and I just love it it's right up there for me and I'm sad that it's finished but it needed to finish it's yeah. right it's the right time to do it I but didn't yeah, realise incredible that, show I didn't realise that Jesse Armstrong the writer of it wrote Peep Show oh did he? Yeah. yes oh I did not know that but yeah I'm, incredible I'm, so I'm well acted love it just looking now with the writer running the loop for Lions it, it, um, it, it explains where the prodigious swearing has come from. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Brian Cox says it was Veep. like the role of a lifetime of for him. Veep's good. Veep's really good. Mm. Yeah. Who's, who's, who's your favourite character so far, Stig? Um, I mean, uh, despite how much of a fucking nasty bastard he is, Logan Roy is fantastic. Um, I quite like Tom. 
Tom's great. Yeah, he's like, amazing. I think both both me and Pip agree that, that yeah, Tom was the best character in it. Yeah, I quite like that because he's kind of he feels like he's stuck in the middle of wanting to be in that rich high society, wanting to fit in with the Roy's, but also has a bit of a different side to him where he's not like that, and it just depends on who he's with. Like when he's with the Roy's, he's not. He's obviously he isn't above his station but then he, he is when he gets when he deals with someone like greg he tries to he tries to put on his log and roy pants his relationship with greg is fantastic yeah. i love it it's so, yeah. so I, I, there's there's a great description of him um from one of the one of the characters in the first season whether because tom's backstory is that he's from wisconsin i think or something like that or minnesota or somewhere um you know he wisconsin, hasn't come from money right. um and someone calls him a corn-fed basic from Hockey Town, and I just—that's a fucking hell. <laughs> that sounds that. like a Roman line. That probably, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just—I I like Tom's character because yeah, he doesn't fit in that world, but he's desperate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's something. He feels like I'm not. Oh, I don't Nate, know, Nate, Nate describes him as that. Yeah, but he feels—he feels like he's—he's he's a good guy, but he's trying to fit in this world of ruthless sharks, and he just can't kind of figure it out well his relationship with Shiv I mean we haven't spoken about Sarah Snook and she's incredible in this oh she's brilliant she's amazing they're all great great finds and perfect I just couldn't picture I know it's easy to say because you know you watch the show and you've watched it but I just couldn't picture anybody else as these characters they just nail it all yeah I don't really like Connor so good no I'm a conhead I like Connor he's funny yeah, I do. Maybe he's he's, point, he's, po- he's pointless. He's but he's funny. Well, he's but the that's the he's the kind of rich kid who just doesn't want to do anything and just live off the money, and he yeah, and has all these dreams of oh, I'll do this, I'll just do that. <laughs> <laughs> if you wait, I'm enjoying it. I, I've like I said, I've smashed through the se- season and a half of it in a few days. So, but you saying you didn't that, enjoy it? Been... Uh, yeah, I like it. I don't love it. I like it. I like it. I think it's great. It's great telly. I, I like. He... I'm a big Brian Cox fan anyway. In general, I think he, he's 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 great. Not the scientist. Um, Tom and Greg, love that. Can't you can't argue with that, can you? Really? <laughs> telly. <laughs> the way you say that, you're like. <laughs> because you didn't say anything there it's like, I know you don't really like it that much but it's just like yeah okay yeah it's generally one of those ones where you're just coming in and going oh yeah I agree it was just, it was just really funny <laughs> no, I, I, I like it it's just I, I, like I, 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 I got hyped on the, yeah. I, I got hyped on the morning show this year and I think that lived That's up true. to the hype I, I like the morning show more than I've liked this it's fair enough but, yeah. but I, I still think it's good I just maybe Sometimes you get lambasted by the hype, don't you? Sometimes it goes the opposite way. We've done that podcast before, though. Oh, yeah. Keep going, Again, again don't come at me with pitchforks. I don't dislike it. I think it's good. <laughs> it's good, telly. I'm just not rushing at it. I'm just taking it, taking my time. I'm watching like a couple of episodes a week. I'm just watching it. I, I like the performances. I'm a big fan of a good performance. And if anyone ever denies that these aren't good performances in this show, you don't know what fucking telly is. It's a, it's a, You're stupid. It's a, it, it is a masterclass in acting. It um, is. It is. And there's because none of these characters are like what they are in real life. No, none apart, of them. Well, apart from Kieran Culkin, if you watch him in interviews, he just is Roman. 
<laughs> oh, fair enough. Then. Yeah, fair enough then. It, there's, it, it's worth looking at. I think he wins. I can't remember whether it's an Emmy or a Screen Actors Guild Award or something like that. But he he wins it for playing Roman, and like he gets up on stage, people are cheering him, and he just kind of like looks down the microphone, and just stop it, shut up, because like, he doesn't like that <laughs> yeah. kind of attention. So he's basically is just Roman. I, I mean, I, I think it's like I said, it's good. It's just not blowing my ass off like you guys. So it's I'm a bit pissed off that it's not. Do you know what I mean? You know when you're Maybe, pissed off yeah. at yourself for not liking you, you've, something. You've done, you've done the first season. So I do like it. Done the first season. Go off, watch something else, and come back. Come back to the second season a little bit and like refresh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm planning. I'm planning on watching one tomorrow. And you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just watching here, there, and everybody. It's, it, like when the morning show and some other shows of that ilk, that like high quality fucking dramas. That I couldn't stop watching. That that just fucking. Blew and my that's ass the, off big that's style. the thing for this with me is that I binge watched it. I just was in. I had to soak it all in and take it all in. I just wanted to, the story to continue. Mate, I'd, wa- I'd watch Brian Cox fucking read the phone book. You know what I mean? I think he's <laughs> one of the most underrated actors of all time. I think he's incredible. You see, the uh, he, he did an interview on one of the late night shows um, where, like, the, because of Logan Roy, like, things on there, like, people will come up to him in the street and say, oh, will you tell me to fuck off? You know, because people want to yeah. be told to fuck off by Logan Roy. I'm glad that he's getting that recognition he was, for this because he deserves it. He was, he's one of the best Hannibal Lecters as well. People forget he that. was at um, a, a a media event for the Me Too movement a, a couple of years ago, um, and it mm. was like you know like a talk like about like like these kind of really inspiring, powerful women talk, and he was kind of sat at the back of the room just like like watching it, taking it all in, um, and at the end of the event, like people kind of spotted them and went up to him and says. Oh, we, we live in succession. Can you tell us to fuck off? He's like, I'm at a Me Too event, and you want me, the whitest, oldest man in the world, to tell you to fuck off? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think he's a tour de force, and long may he reign. You know what I mean? Give give him something else as well. Give him something else to like sink his teeth into because he's brilliant. I, I know he's not like screen time. He's not in this as much as everyone else, but. Because it's just his the, presence. Yeah, the story's not really about him. His presence is no. Is, is I mean, it's called succession. They yeah. are succeeding him. Yeah, his presence is ever present. <laughs> yes, and that's oh, why yeah. I, I think I think Brian Cox is standout guy in general. He's brilliant. I hope he's not a baddie in real life. I don't think he is. Is he? No, he's a miserable no. old git, but otherwise he's a nice guy. Yeah. I hope I'm like that when I'm older. <laughs> if I get older. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Um, what our, our dear listeners got. Hyped about uh, and it lived up to it. So we'll start with Supernatty Cat. Also, congratulations, Supernatty Cat. Yes. Yay. Why? What's she Ooh. done? She, she she has procreated on the birth of her son. Congratulations on may he be a masculine child. Remember when people used to say that to people? Like, may he be a masculine child. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, from, he's from the Godfather, isn't it? May he oh, be a masculine child. Yes. She, 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 she gave birth recently, so... Very much congratulations to her, the husband, and the little boy. But she has said mm. the hype delivered to me, uh, delivered for me, was on the Wii. I was about fourteen years old and saw all these videos and adverts, and I was like, "Say what?" And then, as a surprise, my mum went out and bought one on launch from Woolworths, and we played Wii Sports all day. It was such a happy memory. The console didn't matter, and the games didn't matter, but the memory it created is like one of those core ones from the Pixar movie Inside Out, which will live with me forever. Just giggling with my mum and eating rubbish all day. That's the best hype. Oh. Now, we were shit. They want shit. <laughs> you know what's funny? The other day you were bigging up the GameCube. The Wii was just the GameCube with extra stuff on it. You could literally do everything that the GameCube did in the Wii. So Yeah, but the GameCube me- meant I didn't have to go. <laughs> you didn't have to do that on the Switch, so you plug the GameCube <laughs> co- controller in. It was two consoles in one. How was that I shit? It only cost 200 quid. 
Yeah. I, I, <laughs> no, right. no, you got no comeback. Positivity, my dude. Let's be positive about things. We it was great because it got like family. Family playing. time's great. Don't get me wrong. Family time's great. And if you can get your man playing, uh, we bowling. Not wrong with that. Not wrong with that at all. Fantastic. Okay. Positivity. Moving on. Lee Davis has said, I'm old enough to have read the books a couple of times and, ha- and also had a job at the cinema at the end of 2001 when The Fellowship of the Ring came out. I was so incredibly excited to watch it and we had st- uh, staff screening the day before it came out. I was blown away. It's just so yep. good. And it's always been my favourite of the films. I watched it again at this. proper screening the next day with all my stoner mates. There were like 10 of us and we had a smoke beforehand. Good times. Good <laughs> yeah, times. Fellowship is Perfect. the best one. It's the one that, even though they got rid of the full like four chapters of Bombadil, it feels the most book-like. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they did it for good reasons. <laughs> Trust me. It's, right. it's the best one. It's the best one. It's not got the best set pieces, but it's the best one. Yeah. Xenos has said, uh, I think the first thing I have to mention is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm not done with the game yet, but I'm well into it, and it just keeps delivering more and more surprises. Unquestionably the best game in the franchise for me, and absolutely worth the wait. God Does anyone want to how- buy it? <laughs> <laughs> it? says, God knows how they managed to fit this on a Switch card. Similarly, Metroid Dread, weeks. Nintendo dropped the announcement out of nowhere with no warning for a title that got cancelled for the DS in 2013, and again, possibly the best game in the main Metroid series. God, I hope they can pull it off for Prime 4 too. For, uh, and then no, he's got it. It's, he's not got as good, it. it's not as good as um, Super Metroid. That's the best one. I, don't, well, I, uh, I, I struggle with Super Metroid when I try playing it, but I didn't play it back in the day. Oh, so I don't, I don't have a, I didn't have a Nintendo as a kid. It was a oh, you were one of those fucking scruffs with a Mega Drive. I had a Sega and an Amstrad CPC. Sega scrub. Scrubber! <laughs> Uh, and then he's got a bit, he's got a bit for uh, for the green room, so we'll, we'll talk about that then. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Robotic Monkey has said, "Tear away on Vita." The short version right. is, "It's a brilliant, it's brilliant. Best use of the tech inside the Vita. Beautiful graphics and wonderful sound." Longer version, "It's fucking brilliant." I made use, it made use of the back touch panel and made it look like you poke your fingers into the game. There are a few puzzles yeah. that you need as you gently tilt the Vita about to you, to get through. The game also made use of the front touch screen. In the game, the whole world is made from bent or folded of paper, and almost everything in the game can be pressed or smoothed flat, which was accompanied by some lovely sound of rippling paper. Uh, there are a few bits in the game where you can scratch a record, which is always fun. The music is consistently brewing throughout. My favourite bit, though, was the use of the front-facing camera, where it would put your oh, face yes. into the sun in the game literally every time the camera oh, panned. Oh, yeah, I forgot I'd about smirk that. and then pull dumb faces. And then he goes on to say, however, Tearaway Unfolded was shite. <laughs> which I think that, was, that, is, that was the PS4 version of it which basically yes, didn't have sure. anything that made the Vita game good Tearaway is by far and I again I'll fight someone that denies this it's the best game on that platform by it's a, a fucking it's medium old feel isn't it yeah Persona 4 Golden's close but Tearaway's just yeah, Tearaway outstanding great. great game I love putting your fingers in the back and your fingers come up I've on made, the I've made both game, my children like, play it I've made both my children play it both adored it, and that the bit with the with your face in the sun is uh, that's Media Molecule's finest game as well. I'm not, I'm not a little big planet guy. Nah, well, maybe. Typical Sony though, innit? Invent something with a gimmick, and then they get like one yeah. game that uses it, and then <laughs> shit heads to die. PSVR two, fucking shit heads. That PlayStation Q. Uh, they shouldn't belong where Yuji Naka's going. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking Nick. Uh, Tig has said a quick one for me will be Astrobot 
A lovely little ball of creativity and refreshing platform gameplay. I felt like every time I bounced off something, there was an explosion of positivity. Mm. Another one would be the 2018 God of War reboot. Glowing mm. reviews and passionate online feedback, but I bounced off it when it came out. Another full-priced AAA game gathering dust. Then when Ragnarok came out, I picked up the PC version in a Steam sale and had another tilt at this fantastic adventure. More and more I realised the game wasn't just the melee brawler I was, I'd been cooled on, but there were massive Tomb Raider vibes too, with puzzles and hidden chests abundant. Great game and all-timer. He's right. I never thought the Tomb Raider parallels, but he's absolutely bang on the money with the newer Tomb Raiders anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I love them that, that trilogy of Tomb Raider games as well. They're fucking brilliant. Uh, and last up, we have uh, producer and best boy, Angry Kurt. Yep. Uh, he says, the game that lived up to the hype for me was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Oh, the- it's got great impeccable taste. <laughs> Before this game came out, I had only dabbled with GTA and Vice City at friends' houses. I was really jealous of them as it was super fun playing about my parents wouldn't let me play 18-rated games. I think yeah. I was 15 when San Andreas came out. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm old. Um, and my parents <laughs> agreed to let me play it. I remember consuming every ounce of information I could about it online and from gaming magazines. Yeah. I couldn't believe the scope of the game in terms of what you could do, the size of the map, and the different environments in the game. It was a really huh. ambitious game for the time. Boxing Day game. Long story, I have regained, I've regained before in the Discord. Uh, I got my hands on it, and it was everything I wanted and more. To this day, still my favourite GTA. Yeah, he goes on to say, shout outs to for GTA 4, The Orange Box, Fight Club, and Seven. Mm. Fight Club, the game, or the film? No, I think the last two of the films. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, read Fight Club, the book. It's not a very long book, Chuck Palahniuk. It's fucking way different to the film, but in a good way. Yeah, I'm it's, hyping it's, that it's, up for you now. It's a good book. I really enjoyed it when I read it. Yeah, about I'm hyping that book up for you. Yeah. 210 yeah. pages, something like that. Little novella thing. It's it's really good. You, you know the twist already. Don't worry about that. But just read it for anywhere. It's a consumerist play on uh, machismo, if you want to put it that way. How how The folly of man. Let's yeah. say, yeah, basically. It's, I'm hyping that book up. Read that book. It's good. It's better than the film. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to be that guy, but it is. <laughs> Most books are. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. That's it from the mailbag. Fantastic, fantastic. So, as always, links to all our extra stuff will be in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. Do you know what I said .com last week and nobody held me up? You bastards. It's .co.uk, isn't it? It was just like, like, like you're making an arse of yourself, Oodles. It's all right. I'm pretty sure you'd find it still that way anyway. Please consider becoming a patron, in which you could too become an executive producer like Angry Kurt did. Exceptional episode. Positivity incarnate, that man. Um, next week, we will be doing Feel Good Watch List. Where we, We've done these lists before, haven't we? Stig, explain the lists, how the lists go. Lists. <laughs> List. <laughs> if you remember when we did a album, that's what uh, I call Modern Escapism. It's on Spotify, that. You can go and listen to our... It's great. Put- it's great. Great our- playlist. Uh, yeah, I'll put together playlist. Uh, we're going to do similar, but we're going to do it with positive, feel-good films. So we're going to have a set amount of films, maybe yeah. ten or twelve. We haven't decided on that yet. And um, we're going to basically decide between us what goes in that watch list. We're going to talk about it and kind of big up the films who want to go in there, and we'll we'll create the ultimate positive playlist film watch list thing. And I can tell you all now, there won't be an Adam Sandler film in there. <laughs> No candy, there won't, so don't bother bringing one. Or she no, can be here next week. She might not be here next week. Probably not. Probably not. But yes, 
It's going to be great. And again, this is the last full month of Modern Escapism 2.0. Get ready for 3.0 in July. Big, exciting things are coming. If you're not a patron, this is the end of the show to you. It's one time of, to say well, bye-bye. One other thing, Oodles, I just need, just need to bring up. Um, I So based on the discussion last week, um, I've managed to get a code, and I on the 17th of June, I'm going, I'm going to stream Game of the Year contender, The Lord of the Rings Gollum. Oh, it's going to be very positive. I'm very positive I'll be drunk for it. But yeah, sat- sat- Saturday the 17th, I'm going, to, I'm going to stream a couple of hours of that so I can talk about it on the Nexus. And we can awesome. all be positive about the game together. Playing the games you don't want. <laughs> One more thing. Oh, there's oh, many more word. things. It's like an Apple conference. Thing. June the 12th, uh, Kenny Potter episode one will drop. Expecto Patreonum. We're starting our Kenny Potter month. It'll come out. It'll be on in your feed June the twelfth. If you're uh, for everybody, yeah. be free. The first episode will be free for everyone, and after that, every month will be Patreon exclusive. So if you like the first episode, then sign up to the Patreon. You'll get every other episode. Slight coming. spoiler alert as well. Unlike Too Fast Too Curious, it's quite positive. It's a positive episode. You'll be surprised <laughs> at the outcome. <laughs> I was there. I remember. And also, that's streaming soon, so the lads will be back for that one-off episode at some point in the next <sighs> month or so. Absolutely. But yeah, it's just chock full of greatness. Oh, but yeah, if you if you're not a patron, see you. There. Bye. Thanks Fuck for being you. Bye. Thanks for being our bestest friends. Yay. Fever's bad today. Yeah, it's been really bad. I've I've got fucking a nail around and everything. I only use these in summer. I've really fucking bad. I've had a pirates and all. You're not allowed one, aren't you? I wanted to rack up a fucking line of the bastards. (laughs) (laughs) One a day, mate. Tell you what.